the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right. It's a Tuesday. That means power panel today. Jan Morgan is on her way. She'll be joining us. Elizabeth Saltelaro is here today. Hey. Hi, guys. She's back. She's we got back. the good back. We've had the ugly, but we've yeah, been waiting we for the, the good, good to come now. back. Yeah, she's back. And then we've got, of course, RD is here. Yeah. Paul will be back I'm... with us. And uh, I just, just, she's listening. Jan Morgan says, I'm 10 minutes out. She's All on right. her way. She's on her way. I just want to know that if she's on the me, bike today. Well, if she just texts me, she's not riding no, her bike. No, obviously not. She's texting. I, can, I know that for a fact. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if I would ride today. It mm. it just looks kind of squirrely looking out there. Like, it might just rain. Not supposed to rain, but it could get here a little early. My phone was full of flood watches for later. Oh, later. Flood, flood watches know. for later tonight, I guess, yeah. and tomorrow. Okay. Like everywhere. <laughs> I have to laugh. My son-in-law has been uh, helping me out uh, and been doing the, uh, I was telling you, at lunchtime today, Elizabeth, been helping me with the uh, my deck, and he stained it, and I got a ton of pictures just now, He's, and, and it says, think I'm done. <laughs> All right, so, oh, so send a couple, we'll put them, yeah, yeah, I later we'll I'll put, put them on your on Facebook it. page. I'll, I'll let you guys see them here. How's that look? Wow, Show that's the camera. Nice. Show the camera. That's oh, gosh, nice. David, yeah. that looks great. Yeah, I'm moving over. Hold on. Yeah. See if you can it looks see. brand new. Here, here you go. Oh, yeah, yeah, he just sent me before pics. Okay. So oh, wow. He must be listening. Lots of good work. Oh, yeah. Hours and hours. Yeah, let me, I got to show this. Okay, this is what my deck looked like. How's that look, Zach? Can you see it? Okay. Here you go, guys. That's what it looked like. Mm-hmm. Okay, now let me tell you, show you what it looks like. Now, let me go back and get a picture. Look at it. a picture. Okay. There it is now. Can you see it there, Zach? Came out good. So, Gosh, it looks nice. Kevin. Kevin Neal. Thank you so much, my bud. <laughs> That looks fantastic. What a big yeah, that's difference. Nice. Huh? You bet. Now you can look, Elizabeth. Give you good... It looks brand new. Yeah, it does. It looks great. Yeah. Gotta love that. About 150 bucks for all the stain. and. Uh, that's good. Let me just tell you, my son-in-law put a... His name is Kevin Neal. His name is not son-in-law. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's Kevin Neal. And, uh, is that what you call him? Yeah. I call him Kevin. He's a good he's a good guy and I've been talking about doing this and he said, I'll do it for you. I'll take care of it, Dave. And I go, Okay. So he got out and power washed it and everything down. Then he got down on his hands and knees with a small um uh device so that he could sand it. And he sanded that whole that deck whole day. down. Wow. Oh, then my gosh. he blew it off, and then he power washed it again, <sighs> let it dry, and then he's been staining it since Sunday. 
It is gorgeous. Yeah, it looks great. It does. It looks brand it new. It looks fantastic. So, you know, of course, now I will tell you, there is an alter, uh, ulterior motive for him. He's got three kids. They're all my grandkids, of course. <laughs> Swimming pool. They, yeah, they are going to be in, in July. There'll be 13, 15, and 16. So you can you can probably figure out during the summer that they're going to be at at granddad's house. Say, how far away do they live? And, and the pool, about about a about a mile and a quarter. Uh huh. They so can walk. They're going to be over yeah, the whole there. the whole summertime. So that's all, all right. I love my grandkids, and I love having them around with all their friends. Yeah. Well, that that will be negotiable. <laughs> I had a grandfather tell me one time, Dave, that when it came to his grandkids, he loved to see the headlights and the tail and the tail lights. <laughs> well, that's what they always say about grand, about grandkids. The great thing about grandkids, you get to send them home, give them back. Well, I had great grand. I haven't got the job yet to be a grandparent yet, but I had great well, examples you, to go you're, by. You're not that far from that. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How old is your son? Uh, well, I've got a son that is uh, 32. That uh, works what's he in, waiting for? Uh, he's waiting for the perfect woman. I think he's maybe he's. You'll never find her. Not going to happen. Exactly right. So. Then I've got an 18-year-old son and a 14-year-old daughter. So yeah, you got if I have some, to wait for that last a, one, that I may be on the walker few, there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. It won't be too terribly no, long now. It won't be on a, a walker. But I will tell you, having grandkids is really a special deal. I know Lynn, who's our, one of our salespeople here, just has been blessed oh. with two beautiful granddaughters Twin. that are twins. And they're just the cutest things they can be. And then... I showed a picture today uh, to Elizabeth. Let me get my gallery up here of of my grandson, uh, and th- this is Eli. Everybody knows Eli. I talked about him all the time. You like that picture? He no be, man, he, he be's cool, huh? That boy's cool. grown since I've I seen him. Yeah, yeah. I love it. He Show is, your camera. He yeah, he's grown uh, since I've but, seen him. He's uh, two. About almost two years, three months now. Wow. So, yeah, he's growing When they're up. that age, he wears they his sunglasses fast. well. He really does. Isn't that great? That's a good picture of him. Yep. He's, he's a character. What can I tell you? He's a big character. Didn't have a chance in that department. No, huh? but he's a good kid. I love him. And, you know, I got 13 grandkids. But my family, all, and, and I can brag, but I know some of you got bigger families than I do. But my grandkids... With my kids and their spouses and whatever, I'd have to sit here and spend some time thinking about this. But I think that we have twenty-seven or twenty-eight people all together. When you and but you got to throw in Linda and me, so I think thirty. Thirty. Thanksgiving wow. at Dave's house is a full house. It huh? is. A, it is a feast. It's a yeah. feast, and uh, and I just tell everybody, it's it, this rule has applied ever since my father. One foot on the floor. <laughs> that's all that matters. Just keep one foot on the floor. <laughs> that's, that's a big that's deal. That's a good rule. Yeah, it is a good rule. That'll keep you out of trouble. No crawling across the table for the rolls. You just can't do that. <laughs> you just can't do that. That's the right thing to do. All right, but yeah, uh, just I know a lot of you guys that are out at the Air Force Base listen to the show, and I appreciate that. And a lot of you know Kevin. And a lot of you have heard me talking about my son-in-law, and, and people went, kind of sounds like Kevin Neal. He's been talking about working on a deck, and Dave's deck is just getting done, and they're connecting the dots, right? So, yes, Kevin Neal, 
So now you all can give him a hard time about it. And uh, Jennifer Neal, that's my daughter. She works in HR over there at the Air Force Base. So now he has some babysitter brownie points. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we let, the, the we let our grandkids come over whenever they want to come over. They're they're That's welcome great. at my house. That's the one thing I can always say. As someone who grew up, I never knew my grandfathers mm-hmm. and my grandmothers. I only had two. Uh, both passed away when I was pretty young. Yeah. So I didn't get any grandparenting. So well, I'm jealous. I got one. <laughs> I got I got a little bit from my my grandfather on my mom's side, and he died when i was 10 or 11 years old it was mm-hmm. in that that place well my, and, but he made a, a big impact on me because two big things that he told me i sat at his bedside when he was dying he died of cancer back in the 60s and i remember him telling me uh at his bedside he asked me how was i enjoying life now it's 10 or 11 years old what are you going to say that's a pretty heavy question asking a 10 or 11 year old and I said, it's cool, you know, basically. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm having all right. And he says, you don't ever have to be afraid of death. I had been saved under my grandfather's mm-hmm. preaching. And he says, you don't have to be afraid of death. Jesus will be there for you. And I can tell you another story about that, but I won't save it for another time. And the other one was I was asking him about being a preacher, and uh, it, he said something to me that stuck with me, and it changed my path when I was in seminary. Uh, and he said, uh, you know, blessed be the man who's called to preach and does. But, oh, pardon me. Let me do the, the way that he did it. It was kind of a Yoda way. Uh, he said, you know, he said, woe to the man who's called to preach but doesn't. Double woe to the man who tries to preach and was never called. Whoa, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a real good one. And I've, I've remembered that all, all my life. That's a call. And he was a preacher. Position. Yes. Yeah, he was a, he's a great man. People who know anything about Kentucky know about Eddieville Penitentiary when it was there. He was a chaplain there for years at the end of his life. Walked in uh, to a riot that was going on in one of the cell blocks. Looked at the men that were in there and just started yelling at them and said, Men? Bring your weapons to me right now. Put them at my feet. Because if you don't, there's a bunch of boys outside. You're going to come in here and they're going to blow your head off. And they all came, hmm. put uh, their weapons at his feet, and he let them out. <laughs> Got them all out in one piece. Wow. He had some cojones, man. I'm just telling you. He had some but he was a circuit preacher him. at the end. Yeah. Yeah. They knew he was telling the truth. Him. Yeah. He, uh, he used to go around the circuit. You know, he would drive on a Sunday to a of church and preach and then the next sunday you go another one and preach and uh, they used to pay him the farmers out in the in what he called the hollis used to pay him by they have a big old bushel basket of green beans mm-hmm. for him and maybe a a fresh ham mm-hmm. and things of that nature and that all would be sitting in the back seat of his car oh wow when he was getting ready to go home yeah he was he was a good man he started portland baptist church in louisville kentucky wow I think we suffer from not having grandparent knowledge and wisdom these days. I mean, you know, in our generation, a lot of families lived with or near their grandparents. Yeah. And nowadays, that's just not the case. And even your brothers and sisters don't often, you know, you have no family around you and you don't get the wisdom. You're spread out all over the place. And all that extra spoiling and everything. I think it's something that we suffer from. I think kids would be a lot better off. Well, I think kids would be a lot better off as parents. We would tell them 
what freedom was like when we were kids that they don't even have any any idea about. I've said this a lot well, of times on and, the air. You had to go and get me started, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I, just the other day, I said one of the problems that we have right now is that all of our World War II and Korean War veterans are gone. And there's no one left to tell the people today what communism and socialism is about and what author- authoritarian government is about and why we fought against it mm-hmm. and that's why we're in the trouble we're in right now and that three-fourths of the country thinks socialism is okay because yeah, they don't know any better if my dad were still alive to be honest with you because i've been asked this question what would your daddy think right now about the way things are are, go, are going on you know and i said he'd be he'd be cleaning his m1 again yeah i mean this is some of the stuff that's going on in our country is what World War II veterans fought against, folks. That's right. That they fought and against. And they're worked up about it, too. Most yeah, of the well, ones yeah. I've you talked talk to. You talk to them, they get worked up. They're pretty worked up. Yeah. And they, and they should be. Yeah, I mean, Korean, they thought you know, this Korean, was done and resolved. Korean vets have every reason in the world to get, uh, you know, um, worked up about it. It's not called the Forgotten War for nothing. That's right. A lot of people don't even know there was a Korean War that took place because we don't talk about it. But to circle it back, you know, a lot of times in our, it was your grandparents. Yeah. You heard that oh, from yeah. your grandparents. My grandfather fought They're in the Aleutian Islands. So L.D. Hopper was my grandfather. Mm-hmm. So L.D. Well, fought in the Aleutian Islands. And uh, my wife's dad was a Korean War veteran. So uh, he was in the cold he war. was in the Korean War. That definitely. was really the Cold War. Yeah, he, yeah, he uh, climbed telephone poles. He'd tell stories about being out there in the cold and climbing telephone pl- poles out there. But uh, they had it tough, and the Aleutian Islands wasn't really warm in the Aleutian no, Islands. No, it's not it, at all. <laughs> it's not it's the up, tropical paradise the, you might uh, think. The North Pole. I think more more men probably froze to death in the Aleutian Islands and was killed by the Japanese. Probably. Yeah, that's probably but that was the only that was the only battle fought mm-hmm. on American soil. I'm looking, and Jan Morgan's walked in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hi, how you are may, you doing? I heard a little noise in the she back. She said she was on her way. Did. She did yes. really good. She she got in here very quietly. Well, you know, I, I was I'm a little behind schedule today because I was uh, trying to run down someone with ATF. Yeah, I know and, you were. Yeah, and I did uh, manage to do that. And I guess we're going to talk about that in a little bit about the whole medical marijuana thing and what we've been able to find out and Topic why it's been a number one difficult. guns marijuana. <laughs> did we find the state police? You know, of course mm. they're easy to find. You know where they are. Well, it, did so, we talk to the state no. police? <laughs> I talked to somebody. I put in, what's the guy's name over there at the state police? It's PR. Bryant. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And they said, well, we'll leave him a note, sir. Okay. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, there's a reason. And no. there's a reason ATF is not talking much either. Are we going to get into that now? You well, want to you tell can, people? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. We just, just so, been talking so, about grandfather. So, so, so here's the deal. You know, it's, it's, it, I've been wondering why is it so difficult to get anyone from a state agency or a federal agency to give us some answers about medical marijuana? Because yep. people want to know. All we have what eight thousand something people in Arkansas who have now applied for and been accepted to get. I guess you would call it a prescription, a medical marijuana card. In other words, they get to utilize medical marijuana for their illness uh of course it's against federal law marijuana is a schedule one drug and atf had already put out back when jeff sessions was attorney general the regulations and restrictions were extremely direct and it was this is illegal doesn't matter what your state government says or does doesn't matter what laws you pass in your state the fact is this is illegal 
and if you are in possession of or have a medical marijuana card, you're going to lose your right to own a gun, to be in possession of a gun, and to be in possession of ammunition. Now, here's the juicy part. All right. Okay. So... uh, I called ATF today, and you know everyone's referring me to someone else. And here's here, here's why. You know the guys over there. I don't have any problems with ATF guys. They're they're nice. They've been good to me. I don't have any issues with them. Um, but they're in a, in the middle of a transition right now. You know Jeff Sessions is gone. Yeah. Now we Barr's have William in. Barr, and no one knows for sure where he's going to stand on this. If he's going to jump in this battle between the federal government and states' rights. You see, uh, if I were a betting person, I would be willing to bet that Barr is going to uh, be more of a, a federal, you know, strong arm because he tends to be that on red flag law and some other issues mm-hmm. that are gun related. Well, and Trump's pushing the same direction, yes. federalism over states rights. Yes. So on this issue. Yeah. On this issue. So I don't know. But see, no one wants to step out there and do something officially because they don't know what's you know, they don't want to step out and say one thing and then the whoops. Fed, Yeah, right. Now, state police, on the other hand, have come out on their forms. And I did cover this last week. They on their concealed handgun licensing forms. It says if you are an unlawful user of those unlawful user. Right. And according to federal law. You are unlawful. Is unlawful. <laughs> yes, right? it is. So, but what's going to be interesting is, are they just going to put this in a sentence on your paperwork and you answer yes or no and they just leave it alone? Or are they going to take those lists of names and come out and enforce it? And that's well, why Arkansans are upset. They don't know what to do. Well, past history says that on laws on the books, they're on the books until they need them like if you're arresting someone right. and they're a problem right and they need a reason to Let's haul you in for it. questioning yeah. but we do not have a, enough law enforcement in this country to uphold half of the laws that we have on the books right now so true i would bet money that those list of people on those cards will be that have the medical marijuana cards will go in a filing cabinet and until they need to go get one of them I'll get it. But here's the thing. Okay, good. I hope you do. But here's the thing. (laughs) You know, you would think you would say, well, state police are not going to deny someone a license because they want that money for the licenses, right? So they're not going to deny anyone. But yes, they will. Why? Because state police keep your money. When you apply for a license and you pay them just that one hundred bucks, yes, they keep that. If they deny your license, they keep you don't that get your money back. Bucks. That's right. So You're right. It's, you know. Yeah. Now go ahead and apply. Yes, go, go come ahead. on, apply. That's the bigger question, probably, get your is if you're going to be able to get an Arkansas concealed weapon license if you have a card. Is probably the bigger question because the state is already doing something illegal by ins mm-hmm. by nationally illegal by even giving people the car but but here's the other option you can get a license from the state of arizona the state of utah the state of virginia uh and the state of florida as an arkansan and that permit is cheaper than an arkansas permit and it's good in 60 states i mean excuse me 36 states (laughs) we don't have 60 states 36 states but one more thing for you I gotta take a break. This, oh, well, I guess we're break. I gotta take a break. I've been looking at my, my the man who tells okay, me what to I've do. But I've got one more thing after the break. Okay, okay yeah, we'll after come right back to you. All right, a break, and we'll come back, and we'll have more in just a moment. All right, back. I'm taking a look. Let me get my time clock up here real quick. I just sent Doug House a question, so 
We'll see if we get in back. I got less than 60 seconds. Back to you, Jan Morgan. You had, you had one more point. <laughs> you had one yeah, more I had point. another point. Well, it, you know, here's the deal. Some states have stepped up to the plate and put an amendment or uh, some other piece of legislation next to that medical marijuana law so that the citizens in the state are protected from federal agents coming in and confiscating their guns or taking away their uh, licenses. Of course, that would be state taking away the licenses. All right. I told you I'd get us an answer. When we come back from the break, Doug House will join us. Good. And we can ask him all these questions. Okay. It's amazing the people I know. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Anyway, we got more. <laughs> we have more coming your well, you're way. so much older than all the That's rest of right. us in the room. That's right. I've been around. We've had time, more time to get invented. to know people. All right, let's get to the news. We'll be back with more. Be careful with this. Stand by. Here we go. Here we go. Everybody can hear. I'm telling everybody here. Get ready. And we've got uh, on the line with the state senate, state pardon me, representative is with us right now and. What's going on, my man? We're talking marijuana hey, and James. guns. Marijuana and well, guns. Uh, yeah, that's what I hear. We ought to be seeing marijuana on the uh, store shelves here pretty soon. So, yeah, that uh, that subject's going to come up again and again. So where where do we stand on, on, on this, uh, uh, Representative okay. House? I, I mean, can you have a can you have can you have that and and uh, go out and have your concealed carry on you and have a medicinal marijuana card as well? Well, it's, uh, let me tell you what the federal law is. None okay. of this is affected by state law whatsoever, uh, other than maybe uh, the, the getting of the uh, obtaining a, a permit. If, if the, the federal law says that you may not be a user of illegal drugs and possess a weapon or ammunition. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, if anybody wants to check next time they're in any gun store, a place where they sell guns, take a look at the um, uh, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms form that you have to fill out when you buy a gun. And right there in bold print, about halfway down the page, it will say, even if you have a state permit to obtain marijuana, you may not be a user of an illegal federal substance and possess a weapon. Now, so see, it's federal law. Now, what is a user? Now, that's another question. If somebody has a marijuana card, that's pretty strong evidence that you are, in fact, a user for medicinal mm-hmm. purposes. So that can kind of throw you in a, in a quandary if you're not careful. Uh, I have told some people uh, that have asked me from a lawyer's standpoint, I said, look, what I would do is I would just execute a piece of paper and transfer ownership of my guns over to my spouse, keep them there in the home, and I can say I don't own a gun anymore. I gave them all to... Uh, you know, to my kids or my spouse or whoever they might decide to do with that. But if, you know, uh, carrying a weapon and using any kind of medication is the same situation of anybody carrying, uh, driving an automobile and using a medication of any kind. It's not the safest thing in the world. And that's really the bottom line on it. What 
besides the legalities of it, it, it's just not a safe thing to use a dangerous piece of machinery of any kind, whether it's a firearm, a machine, or uh, an automobile, and uh, and be taking a substance that alters your judgment, your coordination, uh, your reflexes, and all of that sort of thing. So that's the best comment I think I can tell. It, it, you, you deal with it like you would any other uh, medical substance. Representative House. As far, yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Jan Morgan here. Thank you so much for, for joining us on such short notice today. You, appreciate Ms. that. Morgan? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you. Good deal. Well, let me ask you this. In Colorado, the uh, Republicans there tried to pass legislation to protect the citizens of the state who had medical marijuana from being subjected to federal gun uh, law enforcement. The Democrats defeated the Republicans in that bill. Is there any chance, because of the the public outcry from citizens um, regarding Republicans doing something like that or trying to uh, do something like that for the people of Arkansas who have medicinal marijuana license? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's uh, I'd say it's a good 50-50 chance, maybe even better, that something like that would pass, but no state law is going to override federal law. And uh, that's that's what the federal, and I'm glad you're there well, because you're familiar with that form I mentioned. Yes, sir. And I'm that, a federal firearms licensee. Yes, sir. So you, we know. But let me ask you this. There is a there is a law that a number of states have passed. It's called the Federal the Firearms Freedom Act. And what it is, is it it's it's a it's the. A barrier. It puts a barrier between the people of the state and the strong arm of the federal government. And basically, the Firearms Freedom Act says, uh, for example, in the state of Arizona, uh, Alabama, says that our citizens of our state are not subject to federal firearms laws. And furthermore, if you send federal agents into our state and try to enforce those laws, we're going to arrest your agents. <laughs> I know that's pretty bold, but but a number of states have actually d- taken that step to to take a strong stand for states' rights. So how do you feel about that? I wore the uniform of the United States Army for 38 years and uh, joined the military when I was 17 and a half. And there is no when you talk about arrest somebody, you're talking about the application of force by by a federal agent who is doing their job, whether they've been ordered by a court or directed by a court to make an arrest or by their own uh, law enforcement authorities, such as the ATF or FBI or anybody else. Uh, A state can pass something like that, but you ask me how I feel personally, I feel it's uh, right up there getting close to treason. If you were to lift a hand against a federal law enforcement official who's doing their duty. Okay. All right. So, are are we looking at, or have has our legislature sent any kind of letter to our elected federal officials asking them to to work on this problem that we have? Um, yes, uh, indirectly. Well, kind of directly and indirectly. As far as um, the legislature as a body, no. As far as individually, many of us have contacted our congressmen when it comes to uh, banking and money, when it comes to uh, clarification on possession of a weapon and, uh, and use of marijuana, 
that has been brought to the attention of our congressional delegation, um, and, and they're aware of it. Representative House, um, you, you brought up a solution. In one aspect, you said that gun owners who are medical marijuana recipients could transfer their firearms ownership over to their spouses. So that would take care of the issue in the home. But what about the thousands of people in Arkansas who have concealed handgun licenses and, and want to carry their guns on them for self-defense? What is the solution to that? And do you know whether or not Arkansas State Police, because that is under our jurisdiction, whether or not we're going to allow state police to deny licenses to people who have medical marijuana permits or even revoke the licenses of people who get a medical marijuana license? I, I have not heard that that's their policy position. It is. This yes, sir. Now, they've I changed, knew, the, they've changed the paperwork they, now, even. I'm sorry. Uh, we were talking over each other. Say again, please. Yes, they were. They they've actually changed their paperwork. Uh, they have now added a sentence which kind of mocks the it, it, it regurgitates what the feds are saying, which is if you are an unlawful user of marijuana. Um, so you know, well, it's lawful in the state, but the this the uh, concealed handgun license. You know, when they do the background check, they use the FBI for the background check to determine whether or not they're going to give you a license. But ultimately, state police have the ultimate authority on whether or not they're going to issue a license to residents of this state. And so I'm wondering, is there a possibility or would would you think we would even have Republicans interested in offering a state uh, suggestion to state police on let's do this? We can do this that would protect the citizens of our state. Or do you think that the position is going to be no, we don't want people in Arkansas who have medical marijuana licenses uh, carrying guns? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think what the best policy would be is that if you are under the influence of any intoxicating substance for any reason, whether prescribed by a doctor or a medical card for marijuana or whatever, that if you're under the, the influence of any kind of controlled substance like that, no one has business carrying a weapon or driving a car or flying an airplane. But well, as far as ownership is concerned, uh, you know, you can continue to own weapons, uh, even if you're prescribed some, uh, a narcotic by a physician. I would certainly think that we could say, and the state police can say, that as far as the state is concerned, we will not prosecute anybody a possession of a weapon if they have a prescription or a marijuana card under state law and in the state courts. It, act, it has no legal effect whatsoever on the federal government. Yes, so, there you go. Now, so, that's that's sounding good. Right so my, my question is, is that being addressed? Can we mm-hmm. expect to hear that from the ASP? Uh, now you're asking me what somebody else is going to do. Well, I just uh, want you to tell them what has, to do. Is anybody, <laughs> asking, is anybody asking the Arkansas State Police what they're going to do, or should I ask that of J.R. Davis tomorrow or a Thursday on my show? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I think a good policy would be that that mere possession of a of a medical marijuana card does not prevent you from ownership of a of a firearm. Uh, I mean, goodness gracious. Uh, uh, People uh, people go hunting all the time, and, you know, uh, common sense, for instance, no loaded weapons in deer camp because people are drinking whiskey and beer and things like that. Or somebody could be prescribed a, a, a narcotic by a physician. The 
the mere possession of a marijuana card ought not to prohibit you from owning a weapon. Uh, the use of any kind of controlled substance while carrying a weapon is another subject altogether. And um, uh, that, that's, that's a potential danger point for, for all of us. And, and most people, most people that I've ever known know better than yeah. try to drive a car or, or use any kind of uh, controlled substance and, and do use any kind of dangerous instrumentality at the same time. And I think that ought to be the state police. We're not going, just because you've got a card, we're not going to prosecute you for owning or possessing a weapon. Uh, if you're out uh, if you're out and about and we determine that you're under the influence, same as a car, you could, you could be subject to some sort of prosecution. Yeah, yeah Representative Half, this is R.D. Yeah, I think we'd all agree with you on that position, and, and I think it would be good if someone would uh, either pass a bill or or back or back that up so where it could go that direction. But one thing you said that was in, that was interesting to me as someone that has employees that runs heavy equipment, you know, I'm I'm not saying that I'm not going to hire anyone that has medication that that they're having to take maybe on weekends or after hours. But I definitely don't want them taking any medication or under the influence while they're around my other employees and operating heavy equipment. Is there a, so, uh, two quick questions as employer, uh, can I ask someone if they, if they have a legal marijuana card on the application when I hire them? And number two, uh, uh, is there some kind of test? Is there any way to know if the, if they're using, you know, while they're working? Uh, to find out if they're under the influence, I really wouldn't want to wait till they had an accident to to find out. You know, we do drug testing uh, upon employment, but uh, what would your suggestion as an employer well, in this situation? As a matter of fact, we we took up that subject a little over two years ago in the in the legislature, and and we wrote. Matter of fact, uh, Representative Carlton Wing was the uh, uh, promoter and and the uh, uh, sponsor of this led of legislation to protect employers. While it might be a problem to ask any employee if they're under any kind of medical treatment, it is perfectly within the employer's right to say, listen, in this business, you can't be flying my airplanes, driving my wreckers, uh, operating my forklifts, uh, operating my uh, 75 ton punch, or something under the influence of any kind of controlled substance, and that would include legal marijuana. If you are under the influence of any kind of drug, medical from a doctor or a marijuana card, come and tell me, and I'll find something else for you to do. So instead of climbing up on the roof and and hammering shingles, we're going to let you stand on the ground and and uh, uh, you know fetch stuff or we're going to let you work in the office and answer the phone today. I think most employers like that approach because they understand that sometimes people do have to take medications that could affect their judgment. And a good employee, you don't want to lose a good employee over perhaps a temporary condition. Now, if it's going to be a constant thing, then they may not need to work there at all. Now, other occupations like police, firemen, physicians, nurses, uh, could go down to airplane pilots, uh, that sort of thing, they may not be under the influence of any kind of controlled substance in the performance of their duties. 
there's no, you know, there's no light duty, for instance, uh, and remain a police officer. Maybe you can send it out for a day or two or a week or two uh, while you're under treatment or something. But, you know, the nature of that uh, flying an airplane, for instance, is you get in an airplane and fly and there's not any office work that you can generally do on something like that. So certain occupations can be broadly just eliminated from subject to that. You know, if, this job is to operate the forklift. You're going to be under the influence of anything, then you can't operate the forklift, and I can't use you. However, if it's a temporary situation, a lot of employers can work around that. All right. And that's well, what the you. law says. All right. All right. Thank you. Anybody have any other questions for the representative while we got him on the air here? Jan? Uh, well, I would like to suggest another piece of legislation. While we, had him on. <laughs> yeah. we need to do, speaking of guns, we need to do something about the fact that we've got laws, uh, signs posted in our state parks that are in conflict with state law on gun rights. It's legal in the well, state of Arkansas sure to carry. Yeah, we yeah, do. Yeah, he knows this. We, we can carry. Yeah. Just like yesterday, my husband and I were riding motorcycles, and we pulled into uh, the Lake Washita State Park, and we were riding all around State Park, and all of a sudden we, we turned on this one road in the State Park, and there was a sign. I missed it. It was so small. But my husband saw it, and it, it said, no loaded firearms allowed. And there was nowhere to pull over on the side of the road. There was no shoulder even. We had to drive another 100 yards or so to find a place to pull over. And it's more dangerous at that point to be taking your gun out of a holster, taking your magazine out, then having to clear the chamber. You know, and what if... What if a whole series of people just lined up on the road there and stopped traffic to, to get out of their cars and unload their guns? I, I think that we need to fix that. Yeah, it it is. To be honest with you, it is fixed. The law says you can't, you know, post no gun zones in places like that. I'll give you another example. Little Rock Zoo. Tell me why you can't carry a weapon in there, but they've got a sign up at the gate, or they did last time I checked. So what and are people supposed to do? Is, well, it's one of those cases of enforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, the way you would enforce it is to take somebody to court and file suit for, uh, and say so you're violating the law, remove the sign. And uh, you would have to, uh, there's actually a way to do it, even though we've got sovereign immunity and a real broad reading, is you sue somebody for doing something that's beyond the scope of their official duties. You are not acting as mayor of the city of Little Rock, for instance. You are doing something beyond what a mayor is authorized to do because the mayor is not authorized to put up a sign that says no guns at this park or this zoo or uh, this public restroom or whatever it might be. And so you'd bring the suit against the individual for doing something that is beyond the scope of their duties. And... um, I think you could get their attention, but it's it's kind of like stop signs. Stop signs don't make anybody stop. It takes a police officer there to stop you and make you wish you had a, to no. pull you over and make you wish you had wish stopped. stopped. It's a matter of enforcement, not the letter of the law. Okay. Doug, thanks Thank for uh, joining Thank us you. on Thank very, you. very short notice. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll have you on here in the near future because I want to uh, sit down and de- uh, Kind of de what com, not decompose. That's not what I wanted. I, Decompress, I, I'm deconstruct, ter- deconstruct the last uh, session, and you'll be involved in that. We'll give you a call and get you on. How's that? Oh, whatever you want to, Dave. I'll do my best to be there. All right, thanks a lot, Doug. We'll talk to you later. So, Dave Ellswick Show. Last break. Back in a moment. <laughs> 
Okay, so Elizabeth has been monitoring our social media for the the show. Mm-hmm. What did that last person say? The Doug House didn't know what he's talking about? That, that the representative was using his personal opinion because just because you have a, a membership card for a nightclub doesn't mean you're a drunk. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter it's because different. federal ATF has said, and unless they yes. change their policy, they say if you are a medical marijuana recipient, yep. you have yeah. the card, then we are under the assumption of the, that you are a user. See, here's here's an interesting – I was – kind of going to jump on mr house when he said that until he clarified his statement Mm -hmm. i have a driver's license i know tons of people who don't drive but Mm -hmm. have a driver's license right i mean there's licenses out there all over the place that people carry but you don't do anything to the person that is such a fallacy here's my thing they're not going to arrest you if you have a card to the electric cowboy okay (laughs) there you are they're going to leave you alone right well that's it but it could affect your concealed handgun license issue from the state of Arkansas if uh, state police do get a list of people who are recipients. But can, can I just summarize this whole thing now because I know we're running out of time. Here, here's the bottom line, and this would resolve all of it. All of it. Shall not be infringed. Period. You don't get to determine, you don't get to regulate or restrict our gun rights in Arkansas. That's according to the Arkansas State Constitution. It says, Section Article 2, Section 29, any effort to regulate or restrict is inviolate. There you go. Plain and simple. We're going to live by the Arkansas State Constitution. And the United States Constitution, the Second Amendment to the Bill of Rights, shall not be infringed. That's what we need to do. All right. A break. Then we're back after the news. I hate, to give, I hate to tell you this. Are you ready? Yes. They're saying between tomorrow and Thursday. No. Six inches of rain. Two inches. Two inches, okay. Two inches. How and, many inches of rain have you had in your yard this year? Uh, probably about 14 or 15, I, I think. I got you beat. Yeah. I have a rain gauge. Yeah, how much? There must be something wrong. I've had 34 inches of rain in my yard this year you look, you in feel, my rain you gauge. You feel like pig pen? I mean, <laughs> I keep calling my girlfriend saying, I mean, what could be wrong with the with a rain gauge? Right. Yeah. right? I mean, pretty, what could be wrong? standard I, But I know that, equipment. you know, some areas you get more rain than others, but I have had 34 inches of rain in my yard this year. I can't get any yard work done. It's been three inches underwater for months. Yeah, exactly. She live in a flood She's got a neighbor yeah. boy that comes over there and pours water in it every yeah, night. Yeah, we need, we, now, need I, I, we need we need a picture of Elizabeth with a rain cloud over her head. I mean, now my my home in my neighborhood really is at the lowest point of the neighborhood because that's where everything, you know, drains out and blah blah blah, yeah. but that's still no that reason I should have that rain. Much rain. Right. Yeah. Unless some little kid is pouring water in it. And they can't get in my gates. I have no idea what's going on. It's been going on all spring. I have you seen any out. snorkels? <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you that I did look out. I have flower beds in the backyard lined with natural stones. So I look in the backyard the other day, and it literally looked like I had three or four islands, and I was looking across the river. Wow. Literally. I mean, there was water Jeez. everywhere. Okay. And it's been like that. I don't know. I don't know. I have to go back and, and, and uh, answer something that we, when we were talking about the guns and the medical marijuana last break, uh, it is Representative House suggested that one solution would be that people transfer their firearms ownership to their spouse. You know, I, I see that as a possibility, but there are a lot of folks in Arkansas, and I would say a majority of people in Arkansas own guns that are not registered, and that is perfectly legal in this state. In fact, I own guns that are not registered, and I own some that are registered. But 
the bottom line is I, I wouldn't go and do anything that dramatic yet because I think that hopefully, maybe, we'll get some Republicans step up and do something to protect the citizens of Arkansas who have that uh, license. You're raising your eyebrow like, yeah, don't hold your breath. <laughs> After the last legislative <laughs> session, session, I have a little I doubt. Yeah, I understand. I have a little doubt. I understand, but I, I certainly wouldn't. And I, I, You know, it's going to be interesting to see, but I don't think that we're going to see state police busting down people's doors. No, I don't see that. No, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Our police have enough trouble as it is without They've got that. a lot of negative publicity exactly. so forth and so on they are not about to start but if that you war. get stopped uh, if now that's a traffic different. stop that's you different know, for some other issue and then you're carrying a gun and you have a and license you have and a they card on you yeah. you have the medical marijuana card you know that could could present a problem so i you know you know again though it occurs to me once again we we always end up talking about these issues because of the few bad apples Mm-hmm. Most people that I know, whether mm-hmm. they're licensed or not, concealed carry or not, who carry guns, do not carry them when maybe they're not feeling well that day or they've got a temporary condition of medical something or other and they're taking some kind of medication. Um, I have a friend that has terrible trouble with allergies and takes allergy meds. It makes mm-hmm. him so sleepy he can't see straight. Mm-hmm. So for about three weeks every spring, he doesn't carry his pistol. He says, I'm too sleepy. I'm not away. You know, I'm not with it. I don't need to be carrying. It's well, dangerous. Yes. I carry so, always, period. But that's just me. Y'all know how I am. <laughs> you but, all, everybody knows how I am. <laughs> but it's going to be don't ask, don't tell until Absolutely. Until Absolutely. Until it's it's going to be Or unless you're targeted, like you said earlier. Yeah, but if you're in trouble, they're going to come after you. But if you apply for a license to carry or a renewal and you answer that information, if you lie on your paperwork, that's another issue. That could be a a problem for you. Now you've got a a real big problem. And that's not one you're going to get around. Those are the people that are concerned, the ones who are trying to get the license, which is why I suggested that you might want to check into the Arizona concealed Mm -hmm. license or Florida Mm -hmm. or Utah because they're not asking the medical marijuana question. And you don't have to have a CCL to carry in Arkansas. That's exactly right. So why even Which go is the way there? it needs to be across America. Why even go there? Exactly. Just don't con- don't carry under the authority of an don't Arkansas ask, don't tell license. Just hey. carry under the authority of the Arkansas I State Constitution. Article 2, Section 5, the people of Arkansas have a right to keep and bear arms for their common self-defense. And Section 29, any effort to regulate or restrict us and violate. There you go. That's it. <laughs> so, and if you want to carry a, if you want to carry in another state, get one out of Arizona. Mm-hmm. Get one Isn't out of that Arizona. the one that yeah. anywhere in the, it's in usually the country? Cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Arizona is the cheapest and pro- I think has the least restrictions on it. Yes, it is. And again, these things are not going to come up unless you end up in a bad situation you don't want to be in in the first place or <laughs> someone has targeted you. Well, there's there's You're one probably point. not going to have a problem of any kind. There's one point that no one can argue with and that you brought it up. That the people that have gone through the trouble to get a concealed weapon license are the most law-abiding, the most respectable people that there are, and they commit less crimes than law enforcement officers or anyone else. Yeah, it's not those people uh, we're looking at. Group. So those people don't need any more instructions. They don't need any more guidelines to go by. But they 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 got certified and and got their backgrounds checked and and they're good people that we don't have a problem with. So the other uh, side until of, you have a problem, don't worry about the. Well, problem. I was going to say the guys on the other side don't care what the law says and they're going to do whatever they want to do and get all those illegal That's guns criminals. and do drugs and everything else. The law isn't going to change those That's folks. Exactly isn't right. Well, guns that aren't. Guns aren't. Well, okay. Guns yeah. aren't the problem. Guns are not illegal. So, it's the people. It's right. not the guns.
right. I haven't seen any running around shooting by themselves lately. They're <laughs> they're not running amok up and down neighborhoods. I haven't seen anybody confiscating trouble. cars either. Uh, no, you know, no, for you know, we pretty we well take have more people. I just need a bunch accidents. of people to meet me out at Lake Washtenaw State Park <laughs> and let's block traffic with everybody getting out of their car at that sign and and taking their guns out of their holsters and unloading their guns and unloading the chambers and, and see you know see what happens there. Or, or take your socket set with you one. <laughs> Oh, you good know, one. Good one. You get points for that, already. Take that sign down. You got to know the signs, though, and the little screws that are in that. But, but really, I'm wondering who put the sign up. Now, I was told yesterday that that's a Corps of Engineers sign, which I don't really understand. Why is Corps of Engineers, how much of our state parks do the Corps of Engineers regulate? Well, the problem is, as we talk about, you don't have any authority unless you're taking money from somebody. So what we'd have to reach into unless you go into it is too many times when you're taking federal money and you're a state that takes more federal money than you take state tax when dollars. When you're a debtor state. Then sometimes when the feds send a check, they mm-hmm. have a list of instructions to go with them. So I don't know if that would be the case. Right. But usually if you follow the money, you usually get to the source of the problem. But we're going to have a lot of people visit Arkansas for the summer. You know, we're such a, we have the most beautiful state ever. I, no I think doubt. our state is just breathtaking. And when people come into our state parks and they want to stay at our beautiful lodges like the Mount Magazine Lodge, you know, we're supposed to be a, a, a gun-toting state, and yet they see those signs on the door. So when Jr. comes tomorrow, would you ask him? Because the It'd Governor be th- Hutchinson promised mm-hmm. two years ago when I had that one-on-one meeting with the Governor, one of the things I talked to him about was we've got these signs on our lodge doors and our lodges, and it's legal to carry in state parks, but then you have to disarm before you go in the lodge, and that's dangerous for people to be having to leave their guns in their cars, which is a perfect place for people to steal guns if to go to those lodge parking lots. He he said, you know, I can I can handle that with a phone call because that parks and tourism has created a, a, a policy that is in conflict with state law. And so he said, oh, I can, I can handle that with a phone call. He seemed very. Uh, so that's the Department of Tourism. So I think he probably just forgot. And had he He's ever been, agreed to debate me, I would have met, reminded him of it. Yeah. So can you ask Jr. about that tomorrow? Yeah. yeah when he comes on. Yeah. Hey, I, it's dangerous to stay in a lodge unarmed. It's it's dangerous. To, you're exactly right, it's and it's very reckless to, to leave your firearms in the car. Uh-huh. When if I was a guy that wanted to rip off a bunch of guns, I would go to lodge parking lots in Arkansas, <laughs> really, and break into all those cars oh, really? because nobody's supposed to be carrying guns inside the lodge. Mm. It's interesting. Mm, mm, mm. It's interesting that that's going on under our noses because if it's federal agents doing this stuff. What right do they have going on state parks? Yes, uh, on those signs on the roads, you're exactly right. Why are the Corps of Engineers posting signs relating to our gun rights in our state? Uh, But it is not federal. It is state parks and recreation that are allowing. It's a policy of theirs to allow lodges to put signs on their doors telling people that firearms are prohibited here. And that is in conflict with state law. You, you can't have a policy, an agency, and, and, and Representative House just reiterated that, did he not? Yeah. You can't have a policy if, if you are a state-run agency that is in conflict with state law, and that's exactly what Parks and Recreation is doing. You need to invite someone from Parks and Recreation on. Hey, uh, Zach, do me a favor. Call State Parks and Recreation. Ask for their press 
person and, did, and did. tell them, you know, Dave Ellsworth could like them to join up and tell us why they're posting no firearms when that's against state law. Mm-hmm. I think you suggested, you, you I think you suggested somebody you to sue the director of state parks. Is that mm-hmm. what he suggested? Yeah, well, that's actually, there was, someone said it was statute restricted, that state buildings are statute restricted, not state parks, but state buildings. You know, but the, the park lodge, how is that like the state capitol or the courthouse? I, I, there's a big difference there. In Arkansas, sometimes we have problems with definitions. <laughs> the meaning of his. Oh, boy. I was thinking more like, we, yeah, we have problems we with have comprehension. Our own because because <laughs> if, if we didn't true. have reading comprehension issues, then we wouldn't we would never have even had a licensing program in this state because of Article 2, Sections 5 and 29 of our state constitution. We we'd never would have had – we wouldn't even be discussing this today. That's exactly right. 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 So Keep bottom line, we're trying to get the the number for the person at PR, get them on and or let just, them try to talk around in circles until we cut them off and make them say what they're thinking. <laughs> well, you know, I'll give, give us an answer. Representative House did not talk, talk in circles. No, he today, did good. Did he? We appreciate it. Well, here, here's the other thing about One medical marijuana. Like, we, yeah. we know it's like any other thing, any other uh, substance. Some people utilize it properly, and some people are going to abuse it, right? We know that. Just like opiates, people, hydrocodone, Oxycontin, those drugs have a useful purpose, but they are also abused. And the problem we're having in Arkansas is because of the crackdown on opiate addiction, a lot of people are saying, okay, I can do with fewer opiates a day, fewer hydros or whatever, if I can just have medical marijuana to help me get through those slump periods. Uh, And so they're trying to kind of wean themselves off of hydro and Oxycontin, and yet... They are going to lose their gun rights if they do that. Mm-hmm. So, and and you know as well as I do that that those opiates are just as to me you're just as dangerous. I've seen people with addictions to those who are just, just as dangerous as anybody on any other kind of of uh, illegal drug. So, uh, you know, I just a story a moment ago. I was watching the uh, there's a story out that 47 million hits. Of fentanyl were stolen. Whew. Do you know that's enough to probably kill the whole country? Yes. 47 Easily. million Stolen from where? Hits. Well, here's the key. They, uh, they're missing. Who do you think does most of the pilfering of fentanyl? <laughs> and, and only 10% of these events, these diversionary events, that's what they call them, stealing of <laughs> fentanyl and opioids i would, I would call that a recorded. crisis not a diversionary yeah, event okay. that's even the Grand tiniest kids. who do you think who do you think Grand kids no <laughs> doctors and nurses is that right who, has, who has the most access they Ooh. they're stealing most of the fentanyl and 67 percent can you the believe sad it part is is all this crackdown is taken away from people that need it and the people that rely on it. The sad thing is I've known elderly people that's been taking these drugs for 20 and 30 years, and they have conditions that they're Mm -hmm. not going to get over, they're not going to get any better, and they're taking them off of these drugs and putting them on something else that doesn't work as well. So they're living in pain now Mm -hmm. Uh because the doctors and the nurses and different people, you know, can't do their job responsibly. So there's people being punished for other people's bad behavior. That's the whole thing. I, I was the here the day we had works. 
we had a couple of pain patients about a year ago come yeah, in and talk about it because they were in a panic because they couldn't even get the state of Arkansas to listen to their story, much less do anything about cutting back all these pain meds. And they were literally half hysterical. I know a Marine in, pain. in a wheelchair. He, he's wheelchair bound. And the the uh, Oxycontin or whatever they've got him on, the, the hydrocode, I think it's hydrocodone, they've got him on. He can only have so many pills a day. He says it takes two of them just to get out of bed every morning. I mean, he's in extreme pain all the time. Uh, so... He will not get a medical marijuana card because he'll lose his gun rights. So what is he doing? He's buying marijuana illegally to help him stretch sure. out those sure. pills so sure. that he can get through a day. And because we're leaving behind the people who, in this case, we're talking about pain pain patients who right. really need help. Exactly. And yeah. we're leaving them totally out of the picture. They're yeah. not even part of the conversation. Bill Bennett was talking about this yesterday. And, of course, he was the first drug czar of the United States. And he says the story that everybody's missing is, to, you know, you got to pay 10 to $12 for an oxycodone or, or whatever uh, pill out on the black market. What they're not reporting is to get it, to get a fix of heroin. $2. That's why heroin $2. and what's the other one? Those, wow. those abuses are going up dramatically mm-hmm. because yep. of that price cheaper. break. It's cheaper because we have so many pill addicts who can't get the pills. As I said yesterday, and the people who remember this, there's no panic in Needle Park right now. You know, I just have to mention this because it gets my attention every time. Have you seen the commercial on television? And it's one of them starts out, there's several, one of them starts out with a gal in a car, and she's heading for a dumpster in her car. And she said, I never knew that when they gave me these pills, that it was in five days I was addicted. Mm-hmm. She takes her seatbelt off and drives her car as hard as she can straight into this dumpster yeah. so she can break her body so she can get the pills because of her addiction. Right. There's another one, and the guy is a, a carpenter. And he puts his arm in a door and literally slams the door to break his arm. Mm-hmm. Same story. I never knew when the doctors gave me this stuff that I was going to get addicted and I would do this to myself mm-hmm. to be able to get those pills. To me, that is a nightmare. It is horrendous. I think the commercials are extremely effective. Sounds like it. Yeah. But, oh, my gosh, because the doctors have done this. I think it's interesting last week that there was the, I, I believe it's the first time the pharmaceutical that the pharmaceutical company, company the yeah. CEO, was convicted of right. criminal drug dealing. Right. Because they knew full well they had no business putting this much drug out into the stream. Well, they knew we full have. well. What is that community in, in Kentucky that there's been like 90,000 pills for every person that lives in that town oh that have goodness. run through that pharmacy in that town? I'm sorry. Somebody knows. Well, we have drop-offs in communities to where if you have expired drugs or drugs laying around and you want to get rid of them in Cabot, you can take them to the Cabot Police Department or you can take them to the Lone Oak County. But they have pill drives. Take where, back. Yeah, yeah, take, take back programs to where uh, – they get like fifteen hundred pounds in a weekend. Or well, something I saw wasn't like there. That. I saw on Governor Hutchinson's page recently that the state is doing a drop off. Aren't they doing a? What, what we right. had one just just like but within you know, the last said, week or so oh, in Faulkner okay. County, but, I believe. To me, if you look at the number of people that actually take them in and the number of people that that, that actually took them and look at the ratio, uh, they're over. We are way over 
prescribing drugs the doctors are and the if you look at it it's another thing of our medical system they are incentivized to do that they're losing money in so many different areas doctors yeah, they're are gonna make it up the with doctors that. are incentivized well the insurance companies not only by the pharmaceuticals on but the insurance companies incentivize them because the insurance companies would rather just treat the symptom rather than pay for the surgical solution you know often people that are in pain at your when you're in pain you're, that's your body saying hey there's something wrong here that needs attention and it's a lot cheaper for insurance companies to just pay for the meds than it is to pay for the surgical procedure to deal with that what's causing the pain all right got a break got a break we'll pick it up when we come back i'm going to talk about somebody's name in the next, maybe next segment or segment after that you need to keep up with, and that's Alexa. Why would I want to talk about Alexa? Find out. Just stay where you're at. We'll be back in a moment on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're down to 45 seconds before news. So uh, after the news, we're going to talk about Alexa. Uh, Elizabeth came across an article that I want her to bring you up to date on because it's pretty chilling when you read this article, to be honest with you. so And we've talked about this on the show. We've talked about your your television watching you, like from Fahrenheit 541, you know, that, that kind of 451. 1984. Right? You know, 1984 and things of that nature. What about Alexa? Uh, there's some real interesting information that's come out about that. And then we're trying to get Monica Ruiz on. She is a spokesperson for State Parks and Recreation dealing with these illegal signs that are being posted on state parks. That's all coming up. Okay, back. Breaking news right now. An unstable situation, in quotes, unfolding at a Colorado school right now with reports of shots fired and multiple injuries. Uh, the Douglas County Sheriff's Office is saying two people were thought to be injured in the incident that took place at STEM School at Ridgeline and Plaza. Uh, details continue to tick, uh, trickle in. Authorities said they have urged the public to avoid the area. Mm. So they're, we're tr- Why as, is it we, we always have all this in the spring? Yeah, in the spring, always, right, right before school is not been that long we didn't we celebrated the 20th anniversary columbine that's right oh i know i remember that weekend it was pretty no copycats but it seems like we always you know the last several years we always have a rash of this kind of stuff about this time right in the spring yeah i tell you what this is when we need our emergency responders and all the 911 no this is when we need teachers armed in schools that's That's what we need if we need teachers armed in schools this wouldn't be happening well it would happen but it wouldn't be as many it wouldn't be as many and they get the word real quick they're not fish in a barrel statistics are way down to where half as many people are killed i don't know that one school district in in hot springs has for 25 years allowed their teachers to be armed teachers that go through their training program and they've never had any lake hamilton yes never had a problem don't have a problem because everybody knows everybody nobody knows which teachers are armed and which ones aren't and so you behave everywhere Mm-hmm. And, 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 and in spite of what you know, moms demand action and these anti-gun radical groups say, it doesn't turn into the Wild West if you allow teachers to be armed who choose. Isn't who it to be armed interesting and that mothers against guns or whatever wear red, which is coincidentally happens to be the favorite color of communists? Yep. 
You know, I've never thought about that. Because I've never thought about that before. Red, well, I think of Republican Party red, so I don't. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're, I we're think of red that reason and blood. Yeah. A lot yeah, of those that's probably why they chose red. And a lot of those people have good intentions. They just don't understand. You're exactly right. What's they the, have good intentions. They just the don't understand. But they don't even know because exactly they don't right. have a gun. They're afraid of guns They've because they don't know what they are. Guns. They've never been around them. They don't understand. They're not educated on it. Guns keep them safe in their homes at night. Guns keep our president safe. You know, guns. Guns, uh, guns freed America. We, we America exists exactly because of guns. Right. What if do they, they say? They turned them no. over to the to red We coats. spanked the red coat. <laughs> Yeah. No, we blew a rank <laughs> whistle. That's <laughs> what we did. Stomped our foot. We tried foot. to talk Come about it. We tried to talk about it. We'd have been in trouble. We'd be like Ven- Venezuela right now. No, you know, I'm going to say it again Bad because it, it, what's happening in Colorado right now, I'm going to take this opportunity to say this again regarding mass shootings in schools. I'm telling you, on mass shootings in general, the common denominator with almost all mass shootings is psychotropic drugs. Yes. Nobody wants to talk about that, but we're putting kids on these drugs at a younger and younger age, and there has to be an impact of that. Yes, I know that some kids probably need some sort of, of uh, medical assistance, but not in the mass numbers that we are uh, medicating our kids to keep them uh, disciplined in school, and that's what's happening. When you when you are giving a two year old uh, antidepressants because they're depressed, there's something wrong. Well, and you know probably better than I do. I don't. I'm not aware. I think there's never been one of these young men that's created these mass shooting incidents that was not on some type of that's psychotropic. Right. I'm not aware either, of a single one. one or coming off of just I'm not aware of a, of a single drug. instance. And we don't know what are the long term effects of these. We, you know, well, we I, already know some of them have warnings on them that you don't give them to people of certain ages because they do create mm-hmm. other issues. And Black psych- warnings. Thank you. Suicidal tendencies and other issues. It's a lethal combination when you you start altering the minds of kids, number one, and then you mix that with a combination of the fact that we have softened our kids. We don't let boys be boys anymore. We don't let kids get their feelings hurt. That's because they don't know whether they're a boy or a girl. Nobody's allowed to get their feelings hurt. (laughs) So we have participation trophies and everything so that nobody gets their feelings hurt. So kids never learn how to deal with failure. They don't learn how to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. What we do is we try to eliminate failure so that everybody's all the same by making everybody feel the same. Which is And fake. so they aren't equipped sounds, with the skills to deal with sounds life. Like, so, sounds like socialism, doesn't it? Yes. And so when they get to the point when they're in high school and they've been bullied and bullied or they don't, you know, make the, make the, the track team or the cheerleading squad or whatever, then the way they deal with it is just go in with a gun and shoot a bunch of people. If the boy can't make it. Against the, to play basketball with the boys, you can go over and play with the girls. Well, yeah, now and say that he's Don't in touch even. with that he's saying. identifying I'm himself as a female today. Well, you're just saying yeah. as a joke, but it's but it's really happening, and, and it's not it's fair to the females. We are not built like men. I don't want to be built like a man. I don't want to have to compete with a man on anything except shooting. You know, we, I, I can outshoot any guy but that's because i have shoot the tool. like a girl it's not about my physical stature it's about the tool in my hand and but when you come when it comes to sports it is about your physical limitations and your physical abilities and women are built differently than men okay period i i'm going to have a new uh bumper sticker printed up for dave ellswick show listeners it'll cost you probably two bucks to get one like we did build the wall back during the bush administration it, a lot of people remember that 
I'm going to get a new one. It's going to say, confused, check your junk. <laughs> oh, Dave. Now, that's, you're going back to the guy that had the sign on the door of the restrooms at his mm-hmm. business that just said, what was it? Uh, you, 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 to well, decide which door you go in, look at your junk. Yeah. I mean, it's what's in that's your pants, what not take. what I'm, you I'm, think I'm, you feel you are. The it's, greatest form of flattery <laughs> is to have your, your idea stolen from you so i'm going to make a bumper sticker says confused check your junk it says it all there is a right and wrong the the problem is is the source of of authority of right and wrong and that's what one of the things you're talking about they're not teaching kids in school that there is a right there is a wrong. No. You can fail the test. Mm-hmm. You can't have to do and this And if your feelings are hurt, again. you'll get over it. And no matter how you feel, you're still one or the other. And 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 how you equi- how God equipped you designates which one you are. For the record, I'm it's sorry. RD that's pounding the table, not so, me. So, yeah. so, uh, so that's anyway, why you're that bump. You know when my dad used to tell me to do stuff, he didn't ask me how I felt. Oh, no. my dad, thank you. Explain did why you, you, you do something. Like you would just m- say, I say the yard no. Today, or, or did you feel like mowing the yard like, today? You know what my dad did said? Did you feel like doing this? Go out and mow the yard, and if you don't, you'll feel it in you'll your pants. You'll feel it, that's right. <laughs> Spanking. But back now, if you spank your child, especially if you do it in public, or oh, somebody finds call out you, you did, you're going to get a visit by yep. you know, somebody Child Protective Services. Yeah, absolutely. My dad would say no. My dad had loaded chambered firearms all over the house when I was growing up, and Daddy said do not, not touch. touch and you didn't say but why daddy it's just you don't you don't you ask didn't. <laughs> no means no period that's what my dates used to say <laughs> <laughs> no means no <laughs> you said used to say used to say you, you, i don't date now i'm married you, you're, oh. you don't date your wife you're well, supposed to still her date your wife but she I doesn't ever say no she doesn't ever say in no. fact in fact i have yeah. Talk to her about that. <laughs> the uh, show is digressing. Coming, Sorry, Linda. Yeah, coming down to the uh, yeah at the end of the month, we're going to for the uh, Memorial Day weekend. Us and some friends are heading down to New Orleans to spend. I didn't know three you had days. any friends. Yeah, I just, it, that's no, touching. They're they're very slim. I'm just they're probably her friends. Linda's friends. Yeah, they, they, they put pretty, up with they, they tolerate the Dave, but they're all right. Let Linda's me ask friends. Zach. Put your headphones on. Get the microphone. So Monica Ruiz. Yes. Did she take her phone off the cradle? Is that what you're telling me? I mean, she just didn't answer. She won't answer the phone? But tell uh, everybody who she is because yeah, they she is may the, just she's now be She's a spokesperson. Us. Well, she's the media consultant. That's media consultant mm-hmm. for state parks and recreation, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. I don't think I she wonder, wants to talk to us. I wonder if I would give her number out that we could have several people call her. Because if, if, if your number's popping up, then a new number would pop up. Well, we could do that, but I won't. I won't. We should all call. Yeah, we, we'll each we should all in call. here. We'll call her. All right, we'll take a. We got to take a break. When we come back, I promised you we'd talk about Alexa creepy. and why creepy. it creeps me out. We'll tell creeps you about it when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, Elizabeth is back in the studio today. It's been about six weeks since she's been here on the show. Yay! Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank Welcome you. Welcome back. Glad to have you here. She is uh, my my deep diving reporter. She's, she finds things, and then she goes looking for more on the stuff and searches it out. She came up to me today and said, have you seen this story about Alexa? And I've talked about 
how your smart TVs are smart enough to pay attention to what you're doing in your living room. And they're watching you at times. And people didn't believe me until I got on that guy from CNET or whatever, from the computer network or whatever, and he mm-hmm. came on and talked about Seen it. it. Mm-hmm. And uh, blew everybody's mind. You, you came up on Alexa. You came across a story that is even more chilling. So I'll turn it over to you. I've actually been reading about this for a while because I do not believe in Alexa, and I wouldn't pay money to put something like this in my home. But Alexa believes in you. (laughs) Yeah, Alexa believes in me. (laughs) They believe in your data is what they believe in. Um, This article was in the Washington Post, and it starts out, would you let a stranger— Well, we know it's true if it was in the Washington Post. Well, I have to give the source, (laughs) but you know, the the author knows what he's talking about. Okay. Would you let a stranger eavesdrop in your home and keep all those recordings? For most people, the answer would be, are you crazy? Now, we all know, many people know that Alexa is keeping pieces of data. When they when it supposedly hears the trigger name, yeah. Alexa, it records slightly before and slightly after what you are saying to Alexa. But here's what's weird about that. If it starts recording before you say Alexa... How long has it been recording and before see, you said Alexa? See, this is the point. You need to understand these machines are on all the time. That's unconstitutional. And so what we now know and what we've been suspecting for a long time, this, this, the reason this article got my attention is this reporter knew these things and says, well, I listened. And there is a way you can go into the settings and find this archive of all the things that Alexa has kept. Of your house? Of your, of your house. Oh. Unbelievable. So he says, I listened to four years of my archive. I found thousands of fragments of my life. You know, spaghetti timer requests, jokes from house guests, and random snippets of the TV shows I was watching. There were even sensitive conversations that somehow triggered the wake word. Wonder how that happens. My family was discussing medication, a friend conducting a business deal. All these pieces of data were recorded, and they are in the cloud now there's ways to go about it and this article actually gives some information on how to go about finding that if you wish to but it's really interesting from a couple of points of view number one that they're keeping so much data and if you don't know by now it's all about the data it's not about the convenience it's not about how fun it is to set your nest thermostat to turn everything on and off and watch your front door through the ring doorbell folks they're taking everything you've got out from under your noses all of those and you're devices allowing it. and you're paying for it you're paying them to do it yeah. all of these devices are collecting data here's what's happened recently the machines would collect the data and then when let's say it's your ring doorbell when the ring doorbell people want to collect the data you know they they collect the data something? but now what's happened is all the machines they found that it's better if they constantly transmit when you set up your alexa in the settings is there when you go into the computer or go into the system, is there something that you have to assign an agreement that you sign no. giving this thing? Permit? Okay, well, here's the biggest class action lawsuit in America right here. Some lawyer who's really hungry, here's your chance to make multi-billions of dollars because it's unconstitutional for your TV to be monitoring you, for your phone to be monitoring you. 
The Fourth Amendment says the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the person or things. Now, But Facebook's going to tell they're you, searching that- <laughs> you. They're searching your home. They're searching your... Uh, Facebook will tell you they're not searching the anything TV because here, here it is in this article. <laughs> Amazon, you know, they're the owner of of, uh, Alexa. Amazon's answer straight out of Facebook playbook. Customers have control because all of that is in their fine print that you're supposed to read and understand that they're using your data. I did not sign any agreement anywhere that says I'm giving this TV the Mm -hmm. right to invade my privacy. Well, this is where you get to the end of it or just. I have read and agree with the privacy terms for Facebook or whatever, yes oh, or no. Well, it's and like, when you hit click, if you click yes and you haven't read all the lawyeries, then you're opening yourself up to be abused. It doesn't matter if you've read it or not. On that particular issue, obviously, you're not allowed to use any of the technology if you don't click the agreement. So that's one of the fallacies. The fallacy here or the problem here is similar to what Jan's bringing up. In the case of Alexa, this reporter has uncovered that you can go in and find them, and I knew that was available. You can go in and listen. You can go see it all. You can delete those past recordings. But nowhere in Alexa or anywhere else is there a setting when you set it up that you say, I don't want you to keep any of my recordings or use my data. There is no setting anywhere. Mm -hmm. So I've always been a person that was really concerned about privacy not that I have anything to hide, but it's nobody's damn can business. You, can you exactly. post on Facebook uh, for the listeners of how you can go and listen to what Alexa has already learned about you? I will post this article, and then okay. just because you asked, I will figure that out, and I will post that as well. Because right. it's there it, you, you know go. you go through and you find certain settings. But you expect them to show. But you cannot stop it. All you can do, do is delete it. Well, what good is it going to do you today to delete it because it's already been sold and used a million times over? Yeah. And it... it it is chilling and frightening that people, not only is it going on, and I think many people are aware now that data, all your data is being sold on you mm-hmm. for money. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what Facebook, that's where just they make say, their money. Just go on Facebook or go on Google and search a product and then watch <laughs> how all the ads on your Facebook change to mm-hmm. that product. Well, and we've heard the stories already about you know, the phrase on television that said, you know, I'm going to order a brand new comforter for the, you know, master bedroom. And all of a sudden, <laughs> here comes Prime up to your front door with a new comforter for your bedroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, the young lady, the young girl, I can't remember now, little girl said or did something and she ended up ordering and automatically ordering through Alexa. It is dangerous. It is unconstitutional. It is frightening. And what scares me more than anything is how it's being sold to the public. It's so convenient. What scares Don't me you is not how it's this. being sold, but how many people are snowballed. How many people? Well, that goes along with it. Fall yeah, into that's that. the deliberate misunderstanding. You know, we're if all you will. the ones responsible for what happens to our lives in our country. All of us, we get the government. But that if we, we don't deserve, know, how are we supposed to do anything about it? That's the problem. We're given. It's Tons of misinformation like and propaganda every True. day and True. not told the truth. So how do we know? And anything that has that capability of doing what you're talking about can be hacked. 
That's and, another. And, and, that's a whole other part of hacked. it. Oh yeah, your and, ring and doorbell, could, your baby monitor, all that stuff. All that yeah. stuff can be hacked, and uh, and it it could it could be somebody spying on you. Well, that's, that's why going off the grid you. is so hard today. If you talk to some of these guys that actually talk about how to go off the grid, you've got to get rid Can't of hardly every do it. piece of electronics that everything. you own. Everything. And this is why yeah, I want to make it clear: you. if yes. you're listening and you know a little bit about this stuff, and you were under the impression that this stuff only transmits data when it's being asked to give the data nope. that has changed okay the wow. internet of things go look it up what they've you know what the technology people have now decided is it works so much better if all of these devices transmit constantly all the time so you can't stop it so you're right jan the only way to stop it is to not bring it in your house at exactly. all on any level exactly hey, but i like think? my smart tv and well, I like my iPhone. It makes it convenient. <laughs> but makes it convenient. Just, but now it's you know, seriously. I feel strange in my own house if I walk through, you know, from the shower from my bathroom. If I walk through the house in a little t-shirt and panties and flip flops to go to the refrigerator because I feel like you know somebody out there could be watching. Watch exactly. I feel like I can't have a private conversation with my husband in the living room in in the presence of the TV set because well, or my cell phone being well, anywhere. Present. This all started with Kroger. This all started here for me in Arkansas with Kroger with those little cards, you know, that you get a discount. You're what? supposed to give your name and phone number and you carry a little frequent shopper card and you swipe it yeah, and you get your yes. discount at Kroger. Okay. Do you not think that Kroger does not have a complete list of every Everything item you've, you've ever bought, ever purchased true. in your lifetime? Yep. It's true. Medications. Well, how about Visa? Yeah. You know, Visa, ammo. Credit, I'm so old. Things. I grew up in the old days when you checked out at the grocery store, and if you didn't have the money to pay for everything, rather than using a credit card, they just you just sign a little, little card yeah. and pencil, and you go in and pay your bill when you get paid. I mean, that's those are the good old days when your word was, you know. Well, that's the eighty percent of the people that are honest. That you know, again, yeah. If we still had that, then we wouldn't have all this onerous garbage going on all around us because of the few. The few, the minorities, mm-hmm. right? And I don't mean that racially or any other way. So don't start that stuff. You know, we we've already got one person. What do you mean in racially? If you're white, you're a minority. Oh, if you America, use the word minority, then it's automatically a racial conversation. I'm so. a minority. I'm a minority. I'm a minority. I'm a, I'm a white person. I'm a and, white female. I'm a minority. Yeah. Uh, but no, the, the minor number of people that are doing bad things yes. are causing all the rest of us to have to live with this invasion. I'm it, for me, it's invasion of privacy. And it's just it's a violation of your constitutional right to reasonable search and seizure. When something's monitoring everything you're doing, that's searching you. But this goes all the way to, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook, and you can see what has happened on the congressional level to stop all this. They're really helping us out. By the way, back I, to I want to say we've got to get a break in here, but let me just say real quickly, we hope you're getting be- better, Pamela D. D. Young. She's listening to the show today. She says, love listening to Dave and Jan and the crew on the Dave Ellswick Show from my hospital room. Aww. Appreciate you listening. Hope yeah, she you had a get really bad better. infection on her leg. Something yeah. bit her or something. Yeah. Yeah. Prayers you, for you for better. quick recovery. So yes. If you Love know you, Pamela D. DeYoung, send her a a, a, a note saying <laughs> She still has a Jan Morgan for Governor sign on the side of her car. Very I kid you fine. not. <laughs> All right. We <laughs> so got a break. Funny. We'll be back. I got a call. Let's see. Monica Riud. I, I got to get a hold of her. We'll talk to her in a moment. Call her now. <laughs> All right, we're back. This is our final hour with the uh, the power panel. Elizabeth had to leave. 
and uh, she'll be back in the near future again. And then uh, we got a hold of Monica Ruid mm-hmm. over at the State Parks and Recreation uh, Division, and she guarantees me that she's getting hold of somebody that will talk to us about these signs that are on state parks and on the lodge. Mm -hmm. And she said, and I gave her the number for her to call to talk directly to to Zach and they'll come on us uh, here when they, when they call. And I just told Zach that if they haven't called by four 30, we're supposed to keep calling until we get somebody on the phone. Mm -hmm. So we'll work on it. We'll get this done. You know, we, should, we shouldn't have policies of any state agency that are in conflict with state law, which is what you have here. But you also shouldn't have city policies that are in conflict with state law. We talked about that a little bit to, to, for the city to have a park. You know, and, and here we had the city of Little Rock that had a sanctuary city policy. Yep. That's, in, that's, in, that's in violation with federal law and now with state law because this last session – we passed a bill Gary prohibiting sanctuary cities. Yeah. Gary Stubblefield and Representative Brant Smith. Yes. Those guys did that together. So. I will say that uh, I, I forget what the Hine, uh, state. Uh, Lance Hines. Lance Hine. He's with the city council. He sits on the city council. He's the one who blew the whistle. Yes, he did. On, thank you. On, thank you. On thank you for letting us know Little about Rock. that. And, and that's, that's good. That's good. It is good because people, you know, when you say we don't want, we wanted a bill prohibiting sanctuary cities in Arkansas. Well, you know, the the governor's response was that's that's asking for a problem before a problem exists. And there were other people around the state that were the Democrats. He said he said that before he had heard. Right. Before he heard. And there were other people in the state that say, why do we need a bill prohibiting sanctuary cities? That's it. You know, that's against federal law. We don't have sanctuary cities in Arkansas. Well, yes, we have cities in Arkansas that were actually utilizing sanctuary city programs, such as in Little Rock, they were giving IDs valid IDs to illegals. Oh, was that happening in Fayetteville, too? Well, in, Fayette, in Fayetteville, as far as you were talking about laws that take people's rights away from them mm-hmm. and creating, you know, non-government groups to make decisions, they were creating uh, a group up there in Fayetteville to uh to police schools and to, as far as the uh using the uh bathrooms and and make sure that that people could use whatever bathroom they wanted they were they were making a police me? group no they were making a police group up there to make sure that that people's rights to choose was not being infringed and they were working on the city of up there in Fayetteville was working on creating a group to make sure that people's rights weren't being infringed on which uh, is much the same thing as what you're talking about. Can you imagine if our founding fathers were told that in you know a few decades, people in America are going to be arguing over which bathroom they use based on how they feel that day rather than what they biologically are. Our founders would have just died. They would yeah, have I wonder laughed. if our founders would have thought if someone using males saying they feel like a female today they're going to use the showers with the girls exactly now i'm telling you where i went to high school just go ahead and we'll see how this goes (laughs) but you know where i went to high school it's like hey we don't need the outside sources to solve this Mm -hmm. problem the problem would solve itself where i went to high school i know what my daddy would say if there were boys coming into the girls locker room and i'm trying to take a shower there i know what my daddy would be doing i can tell you this i watched my 14 year old daughter go in the bathroom in the ladies' bathroom, and I keep an eye on it. She doesn't know it, but I pay attention. Mm-hmm. And if any men 
feel like going in the women's bathroom while, while my your daughter is in there. daughter in there like when you're there over will at, be a problem like when you're over a target there will be a, <laughs> yeah they, they will be ejected because uh, uh i don't care how you feel you're either one or the other and uh we don't need any city government organization uh, that is non-elected officials saying that men can go in the bathroom with it our fam- with our female family members or the females going in with the males either one you know it's ludicrous and somebody <laughs> has to stand up to it and for the elected officials say that you know this is a cure looking for a problem you know no, solve it's it not. before it starts yeah this is not a cure looking for a problem at all it is a problem it's been going on the obama administration uh, ordered schools to allow transgender students to use whichever bathroom they wanted to and and that is not settled science it's settled biology but not settled science for some scientists no you we do not need a stethoscope or or anything to figure out we don't need like a, i said confused check your junk so uh so anyway we need our our legislatures to step up and and to protect <laughs> this reminds us. me of a business owner that i read on the internet of course i don't know if it's true or not but i read on the internet this one business owner had three bathrooms in his business one said his one said hers and the other one said whatever <laughs> and if you aren't you you go into the biological bathroom you're supposed to unless you don't care if you don't care or you're not sure or even if you think you are regardless if the biological stuff this is where you go to this one where anybody can go in and and you know there there is a law and if they need to clarify that law you know what part of illegal don't you understand so everybody should have to abide abide by the same law so when we're talking about illegal aliens Mm -hmm. what part of illegal aliens issue facing america today is illegal immigration i mean what part do you not understand about illegal it's changing the whole face of our country it, it is it's, it's affecting it's going to affect everything but when you have entire cities that look like the the places that these people fled from and we have some of those in arkansas already that if you go into the city you look at it and say where am i this is not Arkansas. And and eventually that's what happens. And when the, the whole culture changes as a result of illegals coming in and rather than assimilating, they want us to move the direction that, you know, and, and, and initiate the same kinds of programs and problems that they cause them to want to flee their country, then we're in trouble. Uh, One of the businesses that I'm mentoring right now in uh, in uh, Washington State uh, is a family that came here from Mexico, mm-hmm. but they came here legally, and and they are now citizens, mm-hmm. and uh, and they employ other people that are right. here legally in, in a legal way, and uh, they say that most of the people that are coming across the border are not from Mexico to start with, right. and most of them, you know, they need their backgrounds checked, and they need to come into this country the same way all law-abiding citizens do. But so, you know what? Uh, if we didn't have asylum, if we didn't have if we if we didn't have financial incentive for people to come here in the in the in the form of entitlements, I think you would see a lot fewer illegals crossing over. But when they cross over, they know there's instant money available. There's housing. There's free cell phones. There's free medical care. Free education. So what have they got to lose? You know. But if you take away all those incentives and say if you are not a United States citizen, you cannot. Get any government entitlements. You don't get free food. You don't get free housing. You don't get any money. 
if you don't come get free into school. Exactly. But the, but the Supreme Court ruled on that back in the 50s. It still irks me. It irks me to no end that we were looking. We had legislation in this last session which allows illegals to not have to pay out-of-district tuition, out-of-state tuition when they come to our yep. colleges in this state. And yet if you're a United States citizen and you come to one of our colleges from another state, you have to pay that. Yeah, about so three penalized. times as much. Yeah, you're penalized if you're a United States citizen. But if you're illegal, it's okay. You number one, how do you get into college if you're illegal? How do you, where do you get the paperwork saying it's okay for you to be going to our college if you don't if you're not a United States citizen and you don't have a legal visa to be here? You know, one thing when we look at things in law, whether it's state, capital, or the federal, we need to look at the law and says and say, does this incentivize what people want them to do? We mm-hmm. want people to do to make for a better society, or does this incentivize behavior that doesn't make for a better society? Mm-hmm. Like paying someone, if someone has ten children and we're paying them so much yeah, they get per more child, money, the they more get more they money have. by having children. Should be, you know, that incentivizes parents to have more, or mothers irresponsible behavior to, mm-hmm. to have more children than they can afford to raise. So. We make laws that says, okay, we help people that are down for a certain amount of time to try to help them get on their feet again. It's the American way. But if you have more than two kids, you don't get any extra money after having two after after having two kids. And yeah, uh, if you don't have a job and you don't go to training, then uh, you don't get you don't get health insurance. Right. And you, but what does not work is the the governor. In the Republicans, Arkansas, you can't give somebody something and then ask them to go to college or get an education after you already give them what you gave want. Give them a free ride. That's just like paying somebody mm-hmm. up front to do something and then expecting them to go do what you want them to do on the honor system when you pay them on the front side. It does not work. Republican Representative Brent Smith, I tell you what, I really grew to love that guy this last session because he's the one who was instrumental in getting the bill passed that prohibits sanctuary cities in Arkansas. But do you know he was also the state representative that several years ago tried to get legislation passed prohibiting sanctuary college campuses Two in Arkansas. Years ago. Yes. yes. And he was discouraged from uh, running that bill. It was, it was just like, this is not going to pass. Uh, but, but it would have, see how that would have prevented us from being in the situation we were in in this session where Republicans and Democrats voted together to allow out of you know, illegals to get uh, exempt from out-of-state tuition. Yeah, so, did it, and did it in a way as they always do when it didn't say anything about illegal aliens in it. Mm-hmm. That was not amazing even, how that, that wasn't right. even but mentioned. But but uh, Douglas, Dan Douglas, who mm-hmm. ran that piece of legislation, uh, knew full well that's, that's what, what it happened. was for. Yeah. Yes. See, they're trying to take away the incentives for, like you were talking about, for people to do something illegal. Mm-hmm. If we don't want people to do bad behavior, then let's not incentivize it. If we don't want broken homes in society, and we think that that families are served better with two parents, which I think history proves that it happens, then don't make it a better tax uh, situation for people to be divorced. I've had people working for me that have gotten divorced for the tax incentives. Mm-hmm. They're still living together. They didn't tell their kids that mom and daddy are separating or anything. They just got a divorce because the government incentivizes people to not to be married. Not to be married. Well, that's definitely 
in uh, the, <laughs> the lives of of senior citizens. Definitely, they yes. they will not get remarried. Most of them because it will cut into their social security. Now, why is that? Why if two people that are senior citizens loses their spouses? You know, they'd like to have someone to share the rest of their life with, mm-hmm. and they'd like to get married and do it right and live together. But sorry, the the tax the the government is going to punish you if you get married. I think that everybody ought to just file their taxes as individuals and take the incentive out of it. When I see a situation that's incentivizing bad behavior, I'd say, well, let's just treat everybody equally mm-hmm. and take the incentive out of it. Let's just well, punish why don't we just everybody take, why don't we equally. Take the government punished. out of the marriage business. That's, that would resolve a lot of one. issues. That would it, that would resolve the issue that uh, people in the the uh, gay, lesbian, homosexual movement have with exactly. the marriage issue. If you leave the marriage to the churches and get the government out of it, then then it becomes a non-issue tax-wise because people who are homosexual said, well, we're we're uh, discriminated against because of our sexual preference we don't get the tax breaks that married couples get and and i can understand what they're talking about and once again if the if the government would get out of the marriage business that would take care of this whole issue just like you said everybody's an individual your your personal relationship has nothing to do with the way you're taxed period we're gonna take a break and take a break when we come back i want to talk to you about something that keeps coming up it gets knocked down it's kind of like whack-a-mole you know, whack-a-mole. It pops up here, you hit it, pops up over here, you hit it again, pops up again, hit it over here. Uh, and that's called a living wage. Kamala Harris said over the weekend that everybody from a family that makes under $100,000 a year should get $6,000 a year. It's Kamala. She would tell you it's Kamala, no, it is. It's, not Kamala. It's okay. Kamala. Kamala. Okay, Kamala Harris. All right. And don't ask me to pronounce the name of the South Bend mayor. I've got my own way of pronouncing it, and people don't like it. But the bottom line is, as far as Kamala Harris is concerned, $6,000 living wage. And then what about Cory Booker? This tells you how far left the Democratic Party has gone. Cory Booker over the weekend said he wants to start a national gun registry. We already have one. We'll talk about all of this when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. Still have Jan Morgan here. We still have R.D. Hopper here on the Dave Ellswick Show, power panel in the studio. We lost Elizabeth. She had other things that she had to run off to, very important things, by the way. And uh, we look forward to having her back on in the near future. A couple of things I wanted to throw out. Have you guys been listening to all this uh, uh, talk about a living wage? I've been seeing the repercussions of it, of some of these businesses I've been trying to help remain profitable. Okay. Which is minimum wage, which is another form of a living wage. Uh, Socialism, when you tell the business how much they have to pay their people, whether the people are effective or productive or not. Okay. You know, what do you think about this whole thing about a living wage, though, where they want to give people six, seven, eight, nine... Ten thousand dollars a year, uh, just free government money. That's socialism, isn't it? I'm going to. Did they take that money away from somebody to give it to them? Did they take it out of somebody else's pocket, or do they have a tree up there that they're plucking it off of to give to everybody? Yeah, well, I'm sure that uh, they can make an argument that somehow, you know, that 
uh, this is something that would be better uh, because people would have X amount of dollars to to start out their lives with or whatever. So you're going to I take mean, it. I've heard all this stuff. I don't buy any of it. So you're going to take the money away from somebody that doesn't deserve it because they earned it. They earned it, but they don't deserve it. And they're going to take it away from them. It's and called give redistribution it to of the wealth. And redistribution <laughs> mm-hmm. of the wealth comes from Chapter 2 of the Communist Manifesto. Just saying. I mean, you can call it socialism, but it's called communism, and it grows government. Anything that grows government, increases taxes, increases spending, and violates the constitutional rights of the people is not Republican. There's nothing Republican about it, and it's not conservative. And when you talk about redistributing the wealth, that is communist, period. Okay, here's here's your, your definition, all right? Again, a living wage is the minimum income necessary for a worker to meet their basic needs. Needs are defined to include food, housing, and other essential needs such as clothing. The goal of a living wage is to allow a worker to afford a basic but decent standard of living. Due to the flexible nature of the term needs, there is not one universally accepted measure of what a living wage is, and as such it varies by location and household type. See, this gets the government involved in something it shouldn't be involved in. Uh, what a what a business owner decides to pay someone is between that business owner and the individual who has asked for a job there. And if you don't like the wage and you think you're worth more than what that business owner is offering, then you go work somewhere else. It's very simple. And right now in America, thank goodness, with President Trump and what he's done, we've got more jobs. We've got jobs coming out of the the woodwork for people and not enough people to fill all the jobs. I know in Arkansas, I've talked to business owners who tell me it's tough to find people to fill the jobs that we have, to to find people who can pass a drug test, to, to find people who are educated enough to handle the job. Do you know that I read a recent article uh, put out by the military, and I meant to bring that back with me today, where they were talking about the percentage of Arkansans. We're like third or fourth in the nation, and in a bad way. This is not third or fourth in a good way. This is third or fourth in a bad way for the highest percentage of people under the age of 24 who cannot qualify to serve in the military because either obesity or lack of education they are not educationally prepared to even pass a written test. That said, that said, you know, this reminds me of something, you know, during the Depression time, whenever things were hard mm-hmm. and there wasn't many jobs in Arkansas, uh, okay, I had hold, family. Hold your thought. Okay. All right, because we got to get okay. to the news. And when we come back, we'll let you pick it up here on All the right. Dave Ellswick Show. Okay, so they've almost got things taken care of in uh, Colorado at this school. Seven people have been injured in the shooting. Two suspects in custody. They got two in custody, and the last I saw, they still had a third that they thought was in the school. Now, if it's just two, that that just sounds too much like Columbine, and not this not to be kind of a copycat thing. Yeah, it, this is not that far from Columbine, probably within 40 minutes. Seven people injured. Yeah, yeah. injured. That means they're not saying anybody has been killed, but some well, people have been shot. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Yeah. Okay, now you were making a point when we took the break. 
So, R.D., back to you. All right. We were talking about a living wage, that people ought to get a living wage. Well, if you look at during the Depression in Arkansas, I had family that went to Michigan to work during the Depression. I had family that went to Washington State. I had family that went to Arizona. These people had to go to where the jobs were at to get a living wage. They had to learn a profession, a new profession that they didn't know. But they went to where the jobs were, and they educated themselves. They started businesses, and they took care of themselves. For someone to say that everybody ought to be guaranteed a living wage, does that mean that that people are too dumb to earn a living wage, that people aren't capable, that we need the government to do it for us, that capitalism does not work? Yeah, let me let me just tell you, you just reminded me of a story when I was working in Kentucky I was talking about Hazard County. You guys familiar with Hazard no. County? Okay, Hazard County is a big coal mining area. And at the time, uh, they had a real downturn going. And uh, the way that they mined coal at that time where they were just, they'd go in and just take the top of a, of a, of a mountain off and take the, the coal and Strip just, leave, yeah, just let it look like crap and leave, uh, had been stopped. So there wasn't a lot of work uh, at that moment. And some guy called me from Hazard County when I was live doing my show and, uh, and, and was saying, well, what should I do? How, what should I, I said, well, did you not learn or how to use some heavy-duty equipment, graders and things like this? Oh, yeah, yes, sir, I did. And I said, I said you know, they're, they're building up. Now, this was in Lexington, Kentucky. I said, you're not that far from Cincinnati. Cincinnati's got a, a a booming economy going. Right, sure. And it's got a huge economy going with the construction. I said, why don't you go there with the the you know the the talents that you have and make a great living? I can't live leave Hazard County, sir. My family's lived here forever. <laughs> I mean, that was his answer to me. And, and you know what my that's answer, exactly you know, what I'm talking. You know what about. my answer to him was. Then starve. Then st- exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I said to him. Then starve. That's exactly Go, right. You know how many times I've moved in this field that I'm doing here and talk. I mean, well, yeah. this is this, this is I've in been, the news business. I've you been, have to move. Yeah, I've been here the longest I've been anywhere, almost twenty years now. Mm-hmm. But that is abnormal for this business. You're yeah. you're, you're kind of like news, basketball. I've moved, what, four or, times. Yeah, four times. You're you're hired to be fired, literally. And, uh, you know, I've been in Indianapolis and Minneapolis and Miami and Dallas. I've been all over the country. I went where the work was at. Well, I wasn't fired. I was just, I moved up. (laughs) TV TV. news, in order to move up, you have to move to a different city, to a larger TV market, right? But can you imagine you take people and they're saying that I deserve a living wage without getting an education, Mm -hmm. without moving and going where the jobs are at or, or anything else? You don't deserve it if you, you know. My but Bible see, tells cre- me if you don't work, you don't people. eat. I'm with Dave on that deal, but it's it's a fascist in Marxism. It's like we're going to take the money away from the guy that moved to where the job was, and the guy that moved picked his family up, moved, got an education, worked hard, did everything he needed to do, provided for his family. We're going to take money away from that guy, and we're going to pay for you back in. And wherever you were, where you're sitting at, you didn't pick up, you didn't go get a job, you didn't educate yourself, 
And uh, so we're going to take money away from everybody that didn't give to you. That's fascism and Marxism. I don't even want to call it, you know, communism, because really in true communism, you don't even have a centralized government. Everybody just puts their money in the hat, then they all divide it equally. Well, that's some fantasy world that you people are living in, and it's never existed on the face of the earth, and it's never going to exist on the face of the earth. Yeah, Shangri-La. Oh, wait, that was a movie. Is that right? Lost Horizon. With unicorns that have <laughs> unicorns and rainbows in it yeah, and all that stuff. Rainbows. Yeah. But do you know so who's responsible for all this? You know who, who's responsible for all this? We are. We, when we raise our kids we to think that, they, that we give them everything they want and don't let them earn. See, kids learn at a very early age. R.D., you've got children, you know. Uh, they learn at a very early age. Do you have to work for what you have or was everything given to you? Because when everything is given to you, you're raised with an entitlement mentality. Hence the reason we're having so much trouble with these millennials and the whole socialism idea. They don't understand the value of, of the dollar and hard work to get where you want to go in life. I, pr- I, I agree wholeheartedly with you. Over the weekend, my granddaughter came to me and she was asking about money. And I said, I'll tell you what. You go out with your dad, and you help stain my deck, pay you 20 bucks. You know what? She went out, and she worked a little well, behind out, but I well, gave her a $20, good. $20 bill at the end of the day. Here you go. Profit off your wages, and I won't even keep part of it. I won't give you $20 and, t- and take $2 back in taxes. Right. Well, I tell you what, I found out one thing. It's harder with girls than it is with boys. I'm pretty good at making boys work and and tell them they're going to earn it. But for dads, whenever it comes to those daughters, it's kind of a different, it's a different thing there. But uh, yeah, they bat their eyes at it. That's exactly right. But it's not batting your eyes. It's batting your eyelashes. eyelashes. Bat your eyelashes. I mean, how can you turn down your grandson when they look like that? Oh, that would be hard. That would be hard. That's pretty darn cute. You're right. That's uh, Dave just showed us a picture for those who are out there listening. I don't ever remember my dad paying me for mowing the yard or doing anything else. Did no? I had to to work at home because I got to live there. That's exactly right. (laughs) Because you're a member of this family and you want to eat every night, then you have to keep your room clean. In fact, I'll tell you all a funny story. My dad got tired of telling me to clean my room. You know, when dad says something, he said, Jen, your room's a mess. I When I come home from work, if everything isn't out of the floor and put away, I'm going to haul it off to the dump. Uh-oh. And that's when bio, I came home from th- school. If it's on the floor, it's garbage. It's listen, out of here. Th- and that's what he did. I didn't <laughs> think he would actually do that because he paid for that so-called garbage, those clothes and those. And there were trophies. I had trophies and medals. I had won at band competitions. And I, You know, things that were b- valuable to me. And he, when I came home from school, he was literally bagging stuff up. And my sister was sneaking in and taking things and putting <laughs> it in her room. And I would go to her and I'd say, thank you so much for saving my stuff, sis. And she goes, what do you mean? <laughs> Finders, <laughs> keepers. This was going to the dump it's mine now but that was how my dad and you know how i got to get my things back but he made me go to the dump and how embarrassing is this i had to go dig through garbage at the dump to pick my things back out that i wanted to bring home you so learned, I learned a valuable lesson, lesson that yes day, huh? i did yeah. yes i did this is what my deck looked like before nice my, my granddaughter we got a, we got a few, yeah okay for the granddaughter and my my son-in-law got into it this is what it looked like after let me find it here now these pictures while he's trying to find that there it okay. is oh wait, there it is oh ooh, nice wow. huh very yeah. n- totally new. new it yeah. sure yeah. does brand new yeah we went with... i thought it looked pretty good before yeah 
Yeah. God, if dang. you got a closer look at it, you wouldn't have thought hey, do they that. Hire, do they hire out? Can I? Can I? I can probably get you my granddaughter. There you go. There you go. No, you know what? I, I actually, my daughter had her first job when she was uh, 12 or 13 at the dance studio where she took ballet and tap and jazz lessons. If you go and you get your assistant instructor certification, which she went to several summer clinics to do that during the summer, then she would earn her own little paycheck. And she also got to learn how the government takes money out of your yeah. check. She was very upset about that. But she learned about taxes. Uh, because she had her own little paycheck, she's and expecting Social Security, you know, one hundred and fifty or two hundred dollars Medicare. Yes, and so she she gets her little check and she said, "Mama, something's not right here. They took my money." And I said, "Welcome to America yeah. and taxes." Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. Welcome to how it works. And the earlier you figure it out, the earlier you'll be disappointed. We'll see. Mm-hmm. She, we'll yes. see what she did. She educated herself and yep. she and she applied herself and, and and did it. And everybody ought to be required to do that to quit rewarding and quit incentivizing bad behavior okay let's take a break when we come back let's talk about a gentleman by name of charles starks you know this guy's Yes, you know who this? Yeah, I've heard of it. Okay, it's a police officer. Yes, I only do. I was reading the article last oh, night. Uh, yeah, about what I'll happened. tell you what happened to Charles Starks, which I think is just outrageous, an abomination. Yes, to be honest, yes, we'll talk is. about that. To finish it up for today. Power panels here. It's the Dave Ellswick show. Hi to everybody who's watching on uh, uh, Facebook. The Bible guys are up next. Just so you'll know, if you have a question, send it now. Bible guys at Salem L R S A L E M L R dot com all right let's finish it up for today we've got just about uh what nine minutes about what we got we got nine minutes left and let's talk about this police officer here in little rock uh he he shot a suspect who was trying to run him down with a car a suspect who was driving a stolen car yes yes and, and Officer to, Stocks knew it was a stolen car. In fact, the agency, there was radio traffic, and they were looking for that car, and they were following it by video cameras that are throughout the city. They were keeping up with it. So Officer Starks knew the car was reported stolen, and they specifically went to track down that car. Okay, and he found him. He found him and pulled his vehicle in front of them. This is, I watched the video, okay. not, not listening to what someone else says. Right. I, I watched the videos from various dash cams. So he pulled the car in front of the suspect's car. And the suspect pulled to the left, which was how he got, could get around the officer's car. And the officer had to move to the, to the left as well to keep from being crushed between the suspect and his car. The car hit so him. So now he's, now he's in front of this car. And so what is he supposed to do? Is he supposed to dive out of the way? Or he ended up on the hood of the car and shot this guy behind the wheel. Uh, He was exonerated in court. Criminally, yes. Yeah, completely criminally. Uh, They did an investigation. Internal affairs. Four guys that were over him in the chain said that he should be given his job back, taken off of, you know, because he was off duty and everything. Leave of absence, right. And uh, then this new police chief just came out and said, nope, fire him. Now, why? Well, they say it's an ongoing investigation still, and the chief won't say why. Sounds to me like 
being well, being well, actually the, chicken poop. Yeah, to me. The, 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 <laughs> they said that the the grounds, the actual paperwork, the grounds for firing him was that he violated department policy involving that relates to stepping in front of a vehicle. He had to that, or die. Well, the vehicle turned into him. Yeah, and he he fired what, however many rounds, and and it's amazing to me. We were already mentioned, and I, I agree that this guy he fired what five or six rounds at the suspect in the car didn't and didn't even passenger. hit the passenger. That was some good shooting. And the passenger jumped <laughs> out of the car and said that he's got a gun. So, that yeah. this, you know, apparently the suspect even had a gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the suspect heard him. The, the suspect answered. You can hear the dash cam video. The suspect, when the officer starts, says, get out of the car, get out of the car. He kept telling him, get out of the car with your hands up, get your hands up and get out of the car. And the suspect says, no. I mean, he, he absolutely was refusing to get out of a stolen car and he had a gun. Now, here's my thing. Why would anybody find fault with a law enforcement officer who is going is taking down a perpetrator like this? I don't have any problem that he even stepped in front of the car and shot the guy. R- running over somebody with a car is what I would call excessive force. So mm-hmm. I think that would be grounds for even any individual officer, officer firing, shots, firing car, yes. shots or or an individual. And I heard last night that some people were saying, well, well, the new mayor told the sheriff to do it. And the mayor, the police chief, you mean. Police chief. I mean, the police chief's the chief to do it. And the mayor, new mayor says, that. I didn't do it. But I tell you one thing, mayor, you hired him. You're his boss. You can tell him to hire him back mm-hmm. or you can fire the chief. Yeah, yes, you're the boss. The I mean, it all that, stops that the police there. chief. I was married to the chief of police in Texarkana. Let me tell you how he would, what he would say about this. <laughs> you know, you you, are, you should be a man of integrity. When you are the chief of police, you are to have the backs of the officers who work under you. And your responsibility is to do what's in their best interest and in the best interest of the citizens and the safety and security of the people of the city. It doesn't matter if the mayor fires you because you refuse to stand behind your officers when they're in the right. And when all the supervisors and the officers over Officer Stark said that he did the right thing when he was criminally exonerated as well. And then for you to fire him, that, that's uh, that's absolutely. I mean, how many officers Bush, are going to? You I'm know what from. that does to your agencies? Yeah, to your officer. Your officers are saying, you know what, this guy's not going to have our backs. Yeah. We're just out there. And We're the fraternal order of police is firmly standing behind Starks. In fact, I'll call the FOP, see if somebody come on and talk to us about it. That they, would be awesome. They're pretty good about doing that on my show. So I'll see if they won't come on and and talk about this. And whatever you're doing, you have to back your people up. And he didn't back his people, and uh, but hey, there's there's one person above. I'm just saying, there's one person above him, and if he doesn't make the right decision and he doesn't do what's right, the same person that hired him can fire him. But you have to wonder but if did, this police but, chief was just afraid of that? rioting and that sort of thing because it was a white on black crime. Yeah. Did you did you read in the newspaper what the mayor said? I take no, I don't do anything in the areas of hiring or firing anybody in the police department. That's B, that's BS. I'm telling you, that's pure BS. Because he can get involved in whatever he wants well, to get involved. Well, now in cities in Arkansas, the city manager does that. I don't know about Little well, Rock, but I know in Texarkana, the city it. manager. The still over Well, it. then uh, Moore needs to get with the program and rehire the guy. That's exactly right. I mean, know. he can tell him what to do. Um uh, 
the county judge is is over the road department. He's mm-hmm. responsible for the road department. The mayor's over the police chief well, and we're takes full to responsibility stop, of, the, of the police chief. We're going to have to stop this backing down and wussing out because of a threat of people who are, you know, political unrest from people in any community, whether it's a, you know, whatever right, community. Exactly. And in this case, you had a white on black situation and, you know, it, it became a race issue. I'm, I'm telling you, this is a racial you, issue. It's getting to a point. It doesn't matter. The police officers can be black, and, you know, the people hate them, even though what they're doing is, is the correct thing. Saving people's lives yeah, every day. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they hate them until they have a problem, and they need somebody yeah, to somebody come and save them. Save their bacon. Yeah, Then they're going to be the first ones to dial the phone. But Mr. Rosa told me in the fifth grade, do the right thing always and then suffer the consequences later here's the bottom line <laughs> if the guy was name was bradley right wasn't bradley the, the suspect bradley is responsible for the fact that he is dead if he wasn't driving a stolen vehicle regardless of how he came into possession of that stolen vehicle gone. all he had to do was get out of the car with his hands up if an officer pulls me over and tells me to get out of the car and put my hands up i'm going to get out of the car and put my hands yeah. up you know, so he's responsible for his death, not Officer Starks. I agree with that. I I don't think anybody can disagree with that. You know, you can you disagree with an officer. You can disagree with the, with the law enforcement officer, but at the scene is not the time to do that. No, you do, sue do them deal with that legally, exactly. <laughs> so I'm tired of Good communities deal. of people uprising because they don't like what police officers do. You know what? In most of these cases, in most of the cases, the police have been the police found were to be found to be not guilty. Even that one, for instance, up in Ferguson, Missouri. Mm-hmm. That guy uh, charged that police officer, right? When he shot him, right? He had to. Guy was bull yeah. rushing. Well, yeah. police, but people said, "Well, why did he keep shooting? Why did he shoot him six times?" Because the guy was still coming at the officer. You are taught to shoot until the threat is neutralized, and the threat is not neutralized until the threat goes down. If here's, it's still coming exactly at you, it's not neutralized. Here's exactly what I told my wife. Okay, and it's the same thing I tell my police officers: you shoot. Until the gun goes click. That's exactly what I've told my wife. Well, now, Dave, now that can be a legal problem. <laughs> you don't, sh- if somebody's down and they're on the ground, forensic science is such that they can tell if you shot somebody after they were already down. Now, if he's down and starts to move to pick up a gun again or pick up that knife and, you know, to get back up, and which I just tell my happens. wife, tell him he twitched. He twitched. <laughs> He was still coming after me, but you better have you. <laughs> yeah, you shoot until the threat is neutralized. That okay. is the correct to, legal terminology to keep okay. you out of. A I know legal you're problem. you're trying to keep me out. I'm of trying jail. to keep you out of hot water. I you, understand. You're, that. You're, yes. Too many times in these situations, people make political decisions instead of right and wrong decisions. They do. They they. It's a political move. Mm-hmm. As far as what they do that might affect their career in the best way. Yeah, or to, to make it, it's easier for him to fire one officer and impact that officer's life than it is for him to deal with the, the unrest that was building over this guy being killed. And you exactly know as well as right. I do, sometimes communities of people just look for something, an excuse to have a riot, an excuse to misbehave. And I think this is one of them. Well, Jan Morgan. Thank you so much for coming Great in. being here. It was fun. You're going to try always. to come back next week and, yes. and I get this guy on from... Uh, the uh, recreation department parks and recreation and yes. why well hopefully that you've got jr davis on in a couple of days i'm hoping that he's going to come with news to you that the yeah. governor has i'll solved be this asking problem. that question so that he'll yes. have an answer when he gets there yes rd enjoy it you. dave all right
When you yeah. want to put a new transmission in my car? <laughs> just whenever it needs one. I just one. thought we've, we we hadn't seen each other in a few weeks. So. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> we could do this more. All right. We'll take a break. Bible Guys are next. Uh, news is coming right up here on the Dave Ellswick right. Show. We got my little boy clothes on, man, playing the guitar right here. If you don't know what I'm talking about, no. go watch ACDC. Little boy clothes? Yeah. You never seen what Angus wears? Angus, yeah. No. Yeah, Angus is always wearing, you know, what what are those clothes like, like? Uh, German yeah. Liesenhosen or something like His that. His name kind is of Angus? Like that. Yeah. yeah. His name is Angus. Uh, it's a very Scottish name. Yeah, well, that's where they were. It's a steak. Came from. Oh, it's a steak. The best Angus is the one you eat. This Got is it. cool for all of you watching on Facebook. Uh, you know, Pastor uh, Scott is here. That's me. Pastor Steve is here. That's him. Pastor Billy is That's here. That's Billy. All right. The whole crew is in the studio right. today. This is great. When was the last time we were all together anyway? It's like a month. Yeah, Has we're looking back when we Maybe were over more, at yeah. the Capitol. Still at the yep. Capitol. Wow. Amazing. Been amazing. And we've got some good questions That's today. That's good ones, yeah. I like questions like these. These are the questions I've been praying for. There you oh, go. You know, Sweet. These, are, these are honest questions. Yeah. And that's that what you want. Getting, yeah. Yeah. You know, people are seeing, you're thinking about things and going, well, why do they be, you know, that kind of stuff. So, I, gentlemen, this is from Holland. I was wondering what the Bible guy's opinion is on the holiness doctrine as seen in a lot of Pentecostal churches. I know we need to be holy, but do the Pentecostals have the theology correct? Now, we just happen to have two members of our panel here that are steep, steeped, steeped <laughs> in uh, Pentecostal teaching. Steve? Yep. Is it your father? Yeah, that's okay. the family. And your father, Billy, yes. was a pastor, Yes, Pentecostal pastor. And and I grew up in a Pentecostal church, uh, Was have basically been in a Pentecostal church my entire life. So. Okay, so why don't I let you guys first... I'm just. We're just going to stay quiet. All I right? think that's probably. I'm just going to let. Good them, I did yeah. notice we've been upgraded to a panel. Did you like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can start panel. calling you the, the Bible the power panel, panel or the Bible <laughs> panel or something like that. Yeah, the the uh, panel of Nicene. Oh, oh there yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <That would> be, <laughs> I love looking at Billy. Don't get me in that. I think uh, some of our answers would probably be not so nice. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So You're nice probably right. So let me just ask ask you to start off, Billy, what do they mean, or what do you think the questioner means by the holiness doctrine? Well, so this is uh, what we see from the holiness doctrine is, by and large, a set of standards for living. Um, in addition to being saved, uh, salvation should produce works, um, and those works should change our character. I don't disagree with any part of that. Um, what I do disagree, the, the statement that or the question that is here is, do they have the theology right? Um, there is a reason I moved from where I was to where I am today, and that is, by and large, having to do with theology. There is nothing wrong with having holiness standards. As a matter of fact, every Christian should have some holiness standards. Um, however, those should be born out of um, a deep-seated faith, and that faith has to be rooted and grounded in Scripture. And here's the problem I have with um the modern church in general today is that we have divorced ourselves, and I'm, I'm using a global we there, not we specifically, but the, the, the modern church has divorced itself from God's standard, the Old Testament, uh, what we would call the Old Testament, and as a result, um, they end up with a kind of weird mishmash of um, rules about 
you know, how long should your hair be and how long should your skirt be and whether or not you can go to movies. And we end up with these weird things, right? And some you're, you're laughing, but I still know where we can find churches that will say, if, you know, if I can see your wrist, you're going to hell. So um, if we put that back in its proper context, which is God's law, God's rules, God's instructions saying, hey, if you're going to be on my team, here's the way I expect you to dress. Here's the way I expect you to eat. Here's the way I expect you to behave. Then there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but when we divorce ourselves and say that the law has been done away with, then we're free to make up standards on our own based on our own interpretation. And then we get really wacky stuff. Yeah. Yes. He's nodding as though. No, I see okay. yes. Yeah, people on the radio can't see you nod, Steve. But Sorry. They can, they can Sometimes watch the rocks on. in that head are big <laughs> enough to <laughs> get rattled. Well, I, when I was in uh, New Jersey, the um, whenever I, I'd always end up on the front porch with the uh, the scholars um, after service discussion. The one guy would say to me, he goes, don't ever say what you think the Bible means. He goes, just bust out your Bible and start reading Look it. Look it up. And so I'm going to read to you from First Peter. And he tells us um, that we should not be conforming ourselves uh, to the former lust as in our ignorance. He said, but he, meaning God, who called you is holy. And you also are to be holy in your conduct because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. And if, your fa- if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's works, conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here in fear. And if you go over to 1 Corinthians uh, 5, Paul tells us not to keep company. And he doesn't, he says, with people who are liars and stealers and cheaters and, and immoral people. He says, I'm not talking about the people of the world. He goes, I'm talking about the people who call themselves Christians right. mm-hmm. and conduct themselves in such manners. The teaching of holiness, meaning the biblical definition, which means to be set apart, to be different, your conduct, your speech, your dress, and even how God gave it to the Jewish people, even what you eat. Everything that you do should be set apart and different. Now uh, we do everything, but we just do it in Jesus' name. Therefore, we think we have consecrated it. We get tattoos in Jesus' name. We grow our hair down to our feet in Jesus' name. As long as we're naming the name of Jesus, then we call these things holy. And there's not. We're to be different. And everything right. that we say and do and watch and how we live is littered throughout the epistles, throughout the New Testament, where Paul or Peter or James is rebuking people for saying, you are becoming too much like the world. You need to divorce yourself from them. You need to stop living that way, and you need to change. And unfortunately, we skip over a lot of those things in modern preaching. And what we tend to do is we go, hey, I need a sermon let me go find my verses that back up my sermon instead of reading the scriptures in context and bringing all of those out. So as far as some of the doctrine and in some of the things in the holiness Pentecostal is a little off, but the one thing that you cannot fault them is the idea on how different they're supposed to be compared right. to the world. Right. Can, can I ask a question? Yeah. I'm not... Uh, go. In, where, I mean, you mentioned, Billy, about the, the length of hair and things. Mm-hmm. I mean, where would... Do they do they do they acknowledge that this is not biblical? What they're what they're doing that this is just kind of their tradition. Do, do they at least acknowledge that, or will they actually try no, to go? Gi- to they'll the, give you the chapter and verse how the woman should adorn her hair with right. long hair, and and that 
that kind of stuff, or that men shouldn't have long hair, that verse, right. but well, not Billy realizing says, the context. But you'll end up with some cherry picking is what will happen. Yep. Will, you, will, you be, will you be being facetious when you said if someone sees your wrist, you're going to hell type <laughs> thing? I mean, I mean, where I, can you find a verse about that? I mean, you will not, uh, but you will find, uh, so modesty. what will happen is you'll end up, yeah, you'll end up taking a scripture about modesty and being decently dressed and turning that into, if I can see anything other than your hands and your face, then that's indecent. So, And that's where I was talking about earlier about so getting off track. Of modesty, right. That's right. We, end up, modesty. we end up creating for ourselves. If we don't follow what the Old Testament said, here are the rules God laid out, then we end up making up the rules ourselves and we can end up with some really weird stuff. Mm. It's a slippery slope. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Okay, so they find their holiness rules over in the Old Testament? No, no, no. There's yeah. a, many verses in the New Testament where it talks about how women yeah, should dress modestly and not wear all these Color jewels and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, there is some references, and it talks about how men shouldn't look like women and have long hair and that kind right. of stuff. But they, they don't understand the context of what was going on. They didn't understand that these people who were converting were coming out of paganism uh, paganism and sexual cult practices where the women would shave their head and look like a man and and, vice versa. The, and the men would grow their hair out and look like a woman and they would do sexual things in the opposite sex and so that's basically the backdrop to why he's dealing with that in Corinthians that's the backdrop but without knowing that backdrop they just that's their interpretation through that lens for most people they don't understand that in the early church when Paul was going around and preaching the gospel that one of the major things he dealt with was sexual impurity. Yeah. I mean, huge problems yep. in sexual yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. You think today's wild? Yeah. Yeah. Back yeah. then, it was wild. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Well, a significant portion of, of Roman worship dealt with uh, temple prostitution. Yep. And therefore, when you're going to go into the Roman world and minister, you're dealing with it every place you go. You have to tell these people the same things over and over and over. Y'all should cut that out immediately. Right. You know, whenever Paul goes to Athens, the Bible says that he he was he was he was grieved uh, because the city was wholly given to to idolatry. Right, and well, they had a god of everything. Right, yeah. and there was, uh, according to our documents that we have, the 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 streets were lined with um, idols. Some of them three stories tall. If you can imagine the skyscrapers around town, and all of them were in the image of some uh, idol. I mean, it was. It was everywhere in the yeah. society, and a lot of it was related to um, the cult prostitution. There's, there, you know, we're always talking about uh, Christians and the arts and how we devoided ourselves, separated ourselves from the arts, and the opportunity that we had. Francis Schaeffer used to talk about this: the opportunity that we have to give the message in the culture mm-hmm. that you find yourself in. Mm-hmm. I could see a science fiction movie yeah, of buildings that look like gods and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could see that being used right. to, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And we saw Paul do something similar to that when he found an idol there in Athens, and it was, and it was a— To the unknown God. To the unknown God. And um, and he uses that. Because they didn't that. want to piss off anybody. Right, right. <laughs> just in True case enough. we miss someone. Miss yeah, somebody. just in case and we so forgot he, you. He uses that then to say, well, let me tell you about this God that you don't know. And he turns that into Yahweh and then begins yeah. to preach a message about Yeshua, Jesus. That's from Mars Hill. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, we got to take a break. We come back. First question. Steve got his hackles all up. I know he's. he's, Is there any room in your theology to consider 
Oh, that one. <laughs> Replacement <laughs> theology as an option for biblical interpretation. That's wow. coming up. Stay tuned because this is going to get interesting here on The Bible Guys. I can't say anything else. We're back on the air. Right, just to let you know. All right. All right. Here's the question. Uh, this comes from Seth. Seth sent us three questions today. They're all very good. Is there any room in your theology to consider replacement theology? We talk about that term a lot yeah. here on the show with the with the uh, biblical panel. <laughs> we got to call it uh, something more snappy than that. As right. an option for bi- – I told you what I wanted to say, and you said not nice, so we're not going to call it. Okay. As an option for biblical interpretation. In other words, is replacement theology a form of biblical interpretation? So the short answer is no. 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 Absolutely okay. not. Next question. Much longer answer is <laughs> why? Well, if for anyone listening for the first time who doesn't know what replacement theology is, basically what this means is that you, whenever Israel uh, appears, you replace that with the church. When a, the word Jew appears, you replace that with the word Christian. Um, when um, Passover arises, you replace that with Easter. Uh, when the new year that God gave, you replace that with with uh, January one. We have a lot of replacement theology in a lot of uh, a lot of different fields, and anything that replaces what God said with something that man invented has got to be wrong. So, um, um, so the the short question, the short answer is is no. But I do think that um, we have to. I mean, we do believe in inclusion theology, basically that we are now engrafted into right. Israel, and so that's what I like. I I like the whole thing of inclusion. Mm-hmm. Everybody talks about inclusion now. Yeah, that that's the real inclusion. Right. Absolutely. But what happens is people. When when this when when we have this inclusion or this um, this blending or this um, help me out with the, what's the, what's the biblical word we're looking at the, the engrafting the engrafting that we're grafted into them what happens is we can't handle the fact that we're engrafted uh, yet second born we have to be engrafted and become firstborn and so that right. displaces um, uh, the firstborn and uh, I'm happy to be second born I'm happy to be a part of the uh, you know the engrafted but so I think what happened is. We started off in the right foot with the engrafted thing, but then it eventually became a replacement. Which, so um, it depends on exactly what Seth's idea it of replacement started, theology is. It, it, in 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 the context of the first century, if you if you could somehow erase from your mind the idea of replacement theology, you will not learn that by no. reading the New Testament unless right. somebody tells you that. Mm-hmm. And that it actually started in the second century, around one fifty, with a guy named by Nugget guy named Marcion. He's the one that developed this idea that Jesus was different than God, that they were in opposition well, to he one got another. In, he got rejected from the church. Correct. Even he the did. Catholic Church mm-hmm. rejected him and gave his money back. Go find me a church out there that would do that. <laughs> yeah. That's how bad they hated his theology and his theology of that that Jesus was indifference to God that the old is better than, or that the new is better than the old, is the foundation of replacement theology. Right, right. And you have to go and read Romans eleven to understand how wrong uh, that theology is. And, and there's so many other places that we could go. You could go back to where God says, "As long as the sun and the moon and the stars are in the sky, my covenant with David would never fail." Uh, 
God said the blessings and the cursings that would be upon Israel, they would always be his people. Mm-hmm. But though they sinned, he would punish them, but he would never forsake them. Right. So this developed as early as the second century, and then it really got rooted in the fourth century. And in modern times, it it came, it just, I mean, it continued to get cemented by many of the different denominations. <clears throat> Let me go back to You to cannot Scott. interpret the scripture that way. Scott, you, you tell the story about how the Passover basically was done away with in mm-hmm. the in, in I don't know how to say Christian church, mm. I guess. Is is that the right terminology? You know, Con- Constantine replaced it in 325 at the Council of Nicaea. And then he said, "It's going. To, we're going to celebrate Easter, right? Yes. Okay, yes. and which was a pagan mm-hmm. type thing. Right. Uh, you know, I just don't understand why that's not taught mm-hmm. in the church today. I mean, it's if, not like, if, I mean, if, if it was taught, they'd have to go back and start doing right. Passover right. again. Well, there you go. And the fact is, this information is not hidden. Anybody who takes 10 minutes to study this will, will find it. But as you know, Dave, through going through seminary, our Judeo side of our faith has been completely disconnected. So therefore, there's no point in even what, looking. Judeo, right. what's that? <laughs> right. what, so I, I'm telling you, man, I had arguments about it. The, the problem you've... The thing you've stated is the problem, um, and that is if you'll study for 10 minutes. Um, the problem mm-hmm. is the vast majority of Christians don't, don't, don't anymore. There was, don't there even was pick a, up your uh, Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a um, survey that was just released talking about the statistics for self-identified Christians in America. For starters, for the first time since our founding, less than 50% of Americans self-identify as Christian. But the shocking things were underneath that. Um, less than 40% of those who self-identified as Christians could name three of the Gospels. Mm. Um, less than 50% could name two or more of the apostles. Um, and things went downhill rapidly from there. They could not name, 45% could not name the first or last book of the Bible. Um, if we if we can't do these things, right. then figuring out where that, church that doctrine went Banna. wrong. That was by Banna. They're the ones that came out with that study. And I think it was like over 30% of the people that they talked to believed that you could get to heaven other ways than by Jesus Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, less than less than 50% believed that Jesus physically died on a cross for, to uh, forgive our sins. So what are, what is being taught in church? That's it, a good question. What, where are they getting this mess yeah. from? Yeah. Well, they're having rock concerts. Oh, right. And they're watching too many cable TV shows. Mm-hmm. And being told, I was going to put a slide well, up here that said, you are not, oh, thou shalt not follow the Ten Commandments. <laughs> yeah, Is that what yeah, he said? Yeah. I, I dealt with this when I did the the uh, history of the church in, in semester one. And there's about three places in the book of Acts where Paul went to a different town. And he went there and said, um, well, you're not receiving, speaking to the leaders in the synagogue. He goes, now I'm going to turn to the Gentiles. And right. people will read that and think that is a blanket, I am no longer speaking to any Jew ever again. Yeah. And then you read two verses later, he goes to the next town. What's the first thing he does? He goes, walks into the synagogue. Yeah. And then he says, I'm going to go to the Gentiles. And then the next week, he goes into another synagogue. Well, and you go, the same thing I say to people who go, well, Bible, you know, I can worship God wherever I'm at on, on my, it's my Sabbath, right? Mm-hmm. Where was Christ on the Sabbath? Yep. He's in the synagogue. Right. So and why he was are you reading. in church? Right. <laughs> right. That's a good question. Absolutely. 
And they don't want to ask themselves those questions. No, absolutely you Because you might hear something, you might be held accountable, you might be forced to, le- to do what you learn. Yeah, there's all kinds when of When you're running from God, the last place you want to be is the place where he's probably going to show up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I, I talk about this on occasion, um, that we are a country that was born in rebellion to begin with. Mm-hmm. So we have this country, uh, the, the citizens of this country have this typically rebellious sort of behavior anyway, just kind of bred into us. And we don't like to be told that there are standards. Okay, I'm going to make you stop right there. We come back, we got even better questions. It's all happening here on the Bible Guys. Send us a question, bibleguys at salemlr.com. All right, we're back. And, uh, man, we got to... We got to do a show on what you guys just talked about. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just saying seriously yeah. about how heresies how Satan the church mm-hmm. uses heresy to mislead people, and there's yeah. a lot of that going around. Yeah. It says that he presents himself as an angel of light, and it also says that it would only make sense that his ministers would present themselves as ministers of righteousness. Yep. Yeah. And so people have got to study the word and get into it and spend time in prayer to make sure that they don't get deceived because there is a lot of deceptive stuff out there. That's because he's the father of lies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I feel if about that. you hear that, a lie, that's where it comes from. Mm-hmm. To hell, that's where it comes from. I feel a, 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 in a lot of ways the same way about that that I feel my, my daddy growing up. Uh, when he talked about um, dieting, he always said the key to dieting is if you put it in your mouth and it tastes good, spit it out. So <laughs> a lot of these movements out there, if it looks too good um, – if it looks more like a rock concert than it does a uh, synagogue, you should probably be real cautious when you walk in. I'm just saying. Well, a lot of the stuff that came out of the – look, I, I was part of the whole Jesus movement mm-hmm. in the early 70s. Yep. And there were offshoots of that, you know, David Moses and all the different people that were involved in all that stuff. But it seemed like to me that all the stuff that was heretical out there, always played off of, you know, sex and things of that nature, things that we are, as natural men, are Mm -hmm. drawn to, Mm -hmm. and that's what they used it for. Right. You thought you were being holy, but you were far from holy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Question two. How important to my spiritual life are the feasts of the Lord? Um. Well, it depends. On, if you're trying to say that they're not spiritual, then you've completely misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Um, they were given so early in the beginning that they laid the foundation for how God was going to establish his plan. Uh, the spring feast point when the Messiah was going to come, I believe the fall feast point to when he's going to come back. And every single one of those things point to something that Jesus did when he came the first time. So if you want to misunderstand what he did, um, then don't celebrate him. But if this idea of celebrating them because or not celebrating because they have been fulfilled is a misunderstanding of what fulfilling something means okay because that's the second part of his question Uh, okay i mean will it really benefit me to celebrate them if they are already fulfilled in jesus this is a misinterpretation of theology now you are the person who's asking a question you've you've missed the mark so to speak here how about just celebrating Jesus and dispense with all the shadows? Okay. 
um, in Colossians, it says that those shadows are a thing to come, which was after the resurrection in the New Testament period, not a things of the past. Right. If you don't understand them in their context and what he came to do, and if you want to quote unquote fulfill them, I'll tell you about a story of a person that I worked with who had a degree uh, in um, the religions of the world. And this is when I was in the military, and um, this is when they were um, allowing uh, homosexuals to join. And I walked around the corner, and this young, young lady who worked in the office said, I'm so sick and tired of these Christians trying to put their stuff on, on all of us. She goes, most of them don't even know that they worship Mithra. Mm-hmm. And and if you were to present that to the vast majority of Christendom and where Mithraism came from, they would have no idea. Yep. They look at If you all blank. you do is celebrate that Jesus came, he was born of a virgin, and died and resurrected in the spring— then someone can come to you and go, let me show you where that came from. Uh-huh. But if you don't understand that God prophesied that, and he prophesied that to Abraham in Genesis and then fulfilled it in Moses and showed it was a shadow and a picture of what he was going to come, and then you remove him from the context of the Passover, the first fruits, Pentecost, then you can make him into anything you want. You can make him into a European, um, and he's not the Jew from Judea, from the land that the Jewish people are fighting for today. Uh, and then you create him into being a false god. And yep. that's what the vast majority of the church has done. And when you take it out of context, yes, it will benefit your spirit to remember him for what he came to do, what God said he was going to do, and to keep remembering it. From the beginning of time. From the beginning, and you will do it when he comes back. Uh, I would like to ask, um, I don't, who, is the, who asked the question? Seth. Yeah. Um, just nice put it biblical there. name. Yep. Um, would you, do you think that it, um, benefits your spiritual life to celebrate or to take communion? The answer to the question is yes. Well, then you've just endorsed a celebration of Passover. Yeah, because yep. that's part of Passover. Because that's what, that's what it came from. That is what it is. When Jesus said, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, it was not a generic piece of bread. That's it right. wasn't a random piece. It was a specific Special. one. So when Jesus did that, he was referring to a certain piece of bread consumed only at the Passover, a certain cup only consumed at the Passover. So Jesus was fully expecting the disciples to be celebrating Passover. The, the only reason, there, there, there's there's reasons behind why we only celebrate a portion, but we were never meant just to, just to support, just to celebrate the last part of it. We are meant to su- celebrate the whole thing. Right? Okay, so let me, let, let's try to explain that to folks. Of course, he said about, you know, about the last, gave us the last supper, but what else did he say after that? About that meal, he said that we were going to. Sorry, go ahead. That we were going to celebrate again. He was not going to celebrate again until we did this together in His Father's kingdom. Okay, so how important is Passover? That's right. (laughs) If Christ is saying, you know, when I come back and I, I really set up my kingdom and we're all we're all partying. Mm -hmm. What are we going to party with? That's right. We're going to We're going to do the Passover. That's what we're going to do. And we'll and you know when you go through. I'm getting goosebumps. No, you go. When you go through the go, you go goosebumps. When you go through the Passover and you see that it all means and points to Christ, right? Yes, it brings so much. That's where I really started pulling in what Scott was telling me, and yeah. it made sense to me at that point. Well, and beyond that, we know that um, Passover is not the only feast that we will celebrate um, after the return of Messiah. And specifically, when we talk about tabernacles, um, there's a punishment for not showing up for yeah. tabernacles. Mm-hmm. If you do not comply, um, you're going to rain. Yeah, uh, just you're going to starve for the next year. Um, and this is this is in what people most people would call the millennial, the millennial reign. reign. So this yeah. is well after the 
the quote-unquote church age. This is in the eternal reign of God, yeah, and yet during, we're still doing during that. During that thousand years, yeah. there's still going to be people going to see Jesus himself and turn against him. Yeah. That just blows my mind. And, you know, you it think really about, does. That blows my mind. And you know, we're coming up uh, in uh, June. We'll be celebrating uh, Shavuot or Pentecost. Um, we'll be doing a big um, celebration and a teaching on that. But think about this. After the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, um, he waits 50 days to celebrate Pentecost. Yeah, there you go. Right. And he is... It's all tied together. He's, But he's doing this from heaven. <clears throat> so Jesus in heaven is celebrating one of the feasts of the Lord. So will it benefit your life spiritually? Without a doubt. Now, somebody please just call me up and say, you don't believe any of this because none of it, none of it ties together. Yeah. I've, hear, I've heard people say that kind of stuff. Oh, just random thoughts and, and ideas. It all, it fits together perfectly. Listen, listen to this. This is in Exodus chapter 12. Uh, this is related to the Passover. Verse 14, it says, So this day shall this after all the description of what they're going to do with the blood. And this day shall be a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. Mm-hmm. Now, if everlasting does not mean everlasting, then I don't know what everlasting <laughs> means. And if everlasting to you in John three sixteen means never ending, then what does everlasting ordinance mean when God speaks it here? And if and if that's a covenant, then it needs to be between two, right? Yeah. And one half of that is the people to whom he is giving this ordinance, but the other half is God himself. So God has said everlasting mm-hmm. in this case. Um, God is committing himself to everlasting as it as it relates to Passover. And get this, later on, Exodus 12, 48 and 49. So when the stranger dwells with you and wants to keep the Passover to the Lord, all the male should be circumcised, so let him come near and let him keep it. So the, the foreigner, the stranger, the Gentile, it says here, and he shall be as a native of the land, for no uncircumcised person shall eat of it. We're all circumcised through the Lord. Mm. One law shall be for the native born and for the Gentile or the stranger mm. who dwells among you. And One that was during law. Abraham's time? This is Moses. Moses's time. One okay. law shall be for you, and the Gentile shall be considered as a native that's born. Right. Praise God. And one law shall be for everybody. So um, this is not just an us and them. We're grafted right. in. There's one law for all of us now. All right. Let me ask you one more question. We got to take a break, and we got to get the other two in before we got about 13 minutes. Is America in the Bible? I hear many prophecy teachers saying that America is. No. Um, there are some <laughs> vague, it's very vague. Hard of you, Steve. <laughs> I always tell people, if you don't want a straight answer, go find somebody else to ask it to. But there are some very vague references that, that people try to use to um, make it sound like America. I hear this one guy. I listen to so many different guys. I hear this guy talk about all the Babylon references are America. They are not. Um, there's one. That's, that's, a new, that's a new one on me. Yeah. Right. There, there's a reference um, in the book of Daniel where it talks about eagle's wings yep. being on top of the line. And because our image is the eagle and the uh, British uh, image is uh, the lion, that somehow that that's a vague reference to it. Uh, I don't think that's the case. It could be a secondary meaning, um, but if you want to take a word of encouragement, those wings are plucked off so that sleep well at night with that. Uh, <laughs> well, they were plucked off but made to stand up like a man. Yeah. So, so. They, they, um, but there are not anything that you could say um, – 
with any, anything that is emphatic or completely right. clear. It's all a potential hint or But know, there's so reference. many nations that have the eagle as their, right. Right. As their well, emblem. And, and in a lot of these instances, when we look to see what the eagle is doing, you know, um, there's a reference to uh, they shall be given the, the wings of an eagle to fly them to safety for a period of time. If we back up just a couple of verses, we'll find that God is identifying himself That's right. as that eagle. So a lot of this stuff that people kind of twist and tweak to try to say, well, here's the possibility of America. If you put it back in its context, and, right. and we're big context guys around here, if you put it back in its context, you'll see that in almost every one of those instances, that's God talking about yep. himself. Yep. Um, now, a lot of that comes out of people who go, if the United States is the great superpower on the earth today, and the United States does not exist in in-time events, then what happens between here and there? So it Fear causes them to thrash around and look for any instance where the U.S. is present to say that maybe we don't get wiped off of the earth between now and then. I will tell so. you what I really think America is in the end, but you won't sleep well. <coughs> no. Uh, and and uh, we have a couple more seconds. Yeah, go uh, ahead. Uh, living in the U.K. for as long as I did and knowing uh, British English and knowing that this is uh, most of these translations are 1611 translation. This is uh, obviously British English. A lot of times they refer to vultures as eagles. Yeah. And so when it says when the carcasses are there, the eagles are gathered together, it's it's a vulture. Yeah. Uh, corn in the U.K., corn is actually wheat. It's not a kernel of corn. So when we read corn in our Bibles, we have to think of what, a, what does it mean in 1611 British English? What does corn mean? Well, it meant a piece of wheat. What did a vulture mean? Even to this day, they'll refer to vultures as eagles in the U.K. Yeah. So. You know, wow. sometimes we have to be careful. It's not just all American English. No you're wonder they it. lost. <laughs> <laughs> I just say. All right, we got, got to take a break. Got a couple more questions. Bible guys are back in just a moment. All right, this is from Logan. What is the best way to pray about a given situation? I mean, is there a biblical formula that we should pray every time? I know. In the Catholic Church, they pray the Our Father several times each day. But we are also told we will not be heard for our much speaking or by our vain repetitions. So it's a matter of, is there a special way, a way that you're supposed to pray? Well, Jesus gave us a way to pray. Mm -hmm. Okay, he gave us a prayer. I kind of think that, you know, since Jesus lives in me, I can just talk to him. Yeah. You know, that's how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes. The uh, There is the um, what he referred to as the Our Father, and it's, um, it's given to us in Matthew's God. Well, it's in a couple of places. But um, I think what we have there is more of a, uh, a, a pattern of prayer, and, and that actually was a prayer that they would pray at uh, the um, the Day of Atonement okay. uh, as well. Uh, but... Um, and from that, you can take a lot of principles off of that. They did this years ago. Um, they would kind of build principles off of that, which I think that you can do. So certainly that is a, a valid prayer. Jesus gave it to us. It's valid to pray. But if you're praying about things that are um, specific, to, the, the way that I would always approach it is— That's a given situation. Yeah, if right. you have a situation, I always would like to go to—let's just say, say if we're dealing with healing. For example, I need healing in my body. I would get scriptures— that relate to healing, the the Bible tells that we should put God in remembrance of His Word. So I begin to thank the Lord that He is my healer, and then I remind Him, I say, Father, we th- I thank you that Your Word has said, and then I'll list like Isaiah fifty three or Isaiah fifty three. Okay, you sent Your Word to heal us and deliver us out of our destruction. By Your stripes I am healed. I begin to quote verses like that, and then I would state my 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 need and um, 
pray for uh, the result I'm looking for. I would always pray it in the name of Jesus. I wouldn't mention here the Bible does not tell us to pray to Jesus. I know a lot of times we get kids to do that, but the Bible, Jesus actually himself said, you don't ask me, you ask the Father in my name. Um, and uh, so for me, I, I always try to approach it uh, that way. Then there's lots of other ways, actually. There's prayers of petition, prayers of supplication, prayers of thanksgiving. There's a lot of different types of prayers. It's kind of a big yeah. kind of a big question. And then, yeah. of course, you have, then you have the praying in the Holy Ghost that you can pray not knowing how to pray when you don't know how to pray for you as you should the Holy, the Holy Ghost, Ghost pray in and in intercedes for and you praise yeah. the perfect will of God and I mean obviously the only thing I, can, I would add to that is um, get into the word as well because you can pray all of those specific scriptures uh, if you're dealing with oppression you can say things like I'm the head not the tail I'm above and not beneath and, re- and pray right. the scriptures um, and to remi- and what Pastor Scott was saying reminding God of his word reminding the Holy Spirit stirring yourself up stirring your spirit up uh, and if you're uh, you'll have to, at a level of discernment, find out if things are a spiritual thing, whether or not you need to pull down strongholds and that kind of stuff. Right. And, and it's all, it's really, it's such a broad question that it's, it really, you almost have to find out what specifically what a person might be looking for is in that there, direction. Is there a, a but always from the that heart. somebody can, can read, besides the Bible, can, can read? There's, there's a good book. Direct uh, them. Um, there's a book called um, The Believer's Authority. It's a, it's a very small book. It's an easy book to uh, to read. I would encourage people to go to our website, aclr.org. I taught a series called um, Spirit Wars um, a couple months ago. They can go to the archive, and they should be able to find it there, Spirit Wars. And I talked about spiritual warfare because sometimes um, you have to deal with what's causing the issue, and a lot of times that's the um, that's the case. All right. And I will say that um, he makes reference to the um, – Vain repetition here. Not all repetition is vain repetition. Right. Um, that that was a specific statement made against a specific group of people doing a very specific thing, uh, praying very loudly in public, praying the same prayer over and over to be heard by as many people as possible. Um, as a matter of fact, we have an instance where we are given uh, a parable about a woman who just keeps bugging a judge. That's right. I need, I need, I need, I need, and the judge is like, I'm just going to give her what she wants, so she'll go away. So. Um, we can't take all repetition and just throw it in the trash. Right. Um, it's that vain repetition and what that was dealing with that is we're told not to do. Mm-hmm. So. If you're quoting the word, it's not vain. It's That's not right. vain. Yeah. All right. Last question. And this is from, uh, well, it doesn't say who, who sent it. I was wondering if the Bible guys believe in a worldwide flood during the time of Noah. If so, do they think the flood came to destroy the giants? We've dealt with the giants before. Uh, if so, why do we still find giants during the time of David? And I guess he's referring to Goliath. You actually just answered your own question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, by saying that we see the giants after the flood was is, um, I think, how we know that it didn't. The flood wasn't just to destroy the giants. Mm-hmm. And what the giants were, and the giants that's used in Genesis six does not mean a, a gigantos. It does not mean a gigantic person. Uh, it's basically a larger in life type person is really what they not meant. a jack in the beanstalk. Kind Correct. Of. <laughs> it didn't mean a literal giant person, um, but yes, I am a person who is a believer in a worldwide flood. Uh, I am a six thousand year person. Uh, I believe that you can trace if you go back and look at um, uh, birth rates and all of that kind of stuff that it will show that that it's very possible and likely uh, that we could develop the amount of people that we have on this planet from. Uh, the amount of people that were existing post-flood, 
uh, and they can even trace that with even some of the DNA to show that there's not this vast amount of strains that came from broad evolution. So it all does point back to a, a singular time, and I believe um, that not being a localized flood um, right. doesn't answer that question. Right. It, when you have other cultures that speak of a flood, that to me also verifies that it was global because when uh, Shem, Ham, and Japheth departed, that means they took it to those other cultures. Right. All right. With that said, we've got a minute and a half left. I planned this out perfectly. <laughs> you said study. Of course, the Bible says study, show thyself approved. All right. Where's a good place for people to go someplace to study? There's a place called the American Institute, um, which uh, just so happens to be uh, – That I keep losing to <laughs> the place to go to. Uh, you can find information on that at AmericanInstitute.org. Um, and this is a, an institute that has been in existence for uh, over 30 years um, and uh, has um, a plethora of wonderful uh, teachers with lots of experience. Um, Pastor Steve and myself are two of the primary teachers in this um, in this college. It's a it's a fully online college, which you can take at your own leisure. You can take the uh, courses um, and complete them as you have the the time and the ability to do so. Uh, it's very very economical, very very affordable to you, and also it is a degree program, so you're able to uh, to earn a degree through going to the school. Of course, you have to go through the whole thing in order to get that. But it is a, it is a Hebraically oriented, Judaic centered christian school if you came out of any of the the cemeteries i mean seminaries i Mm -hmm. highly recommend you go and watch some of these scores appreciate that all right with that said scott steve and billy thanks you all for coming in we won't be this way again for another couple weeks in a couple of weeks we're going to get uh steve's old uh jewish buddy on who is a messianic jew Mm -hmm. he's as i refer a completed jew so uh he knows the fullness yep. of the scripture. So we'll have him on and, and talk about it from his view. We'll figure out somebody we can get as well from, from Billy's side of the family too. So have a great uh, evening. I'll see you tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.